Good morning to life. Good morning. Music. Talk. Inspiration. In perspective. Express yourself. Good morning, my neighbors. City FM, your station. It's a refreshing lifestyle. City FM, 97.3. Hold on, Joe. Naho, Naho. Four minutes past six, ninety-seven point three City FM. 
the Bethel Revival Choir, a new release, it's called Vadem Kaba, Come Save Me, Come Deliver Me Quickly, it's Agbaja Medley number three, the unmistakable voice, <laughs> it's a song of deliverance, it's a cry for help, sung to the tune of the warrior dance. The Lord is my rock and my deliverer, my strength in Him I will trust. Come and save us, deliver us from the attacks of the evil one, from crime, corona, and all the afflictions of the world. Rely on speed, but thrive on timing. Rely on speed, but thrive on timing. We've already said, in the past, the big fish swallowed a small fish. Today, the fast fish overtake the slow fish. But speed is not enough. It's better to know when to strike. There's an opportune time to move. There's an appropriate time to launch. There is the right moment to make that move. The fastest person never wins is the one who started first. So this is business sense for the morning. It's called the laws of timing. The law of timing. Leaders see before others see and therefore can move before others move. So don't rely on your speed like the tortoise and the hare. Learn when to move for there is a time for everything. Oh yes. Business has brought to you by ADB. Get up to 10,000 CDs or 80% of your next net monthly salary. It's called the Payday Plus. No interest repayment on uh, the loan within the first 30 days. Call us on 0244284197. ADB truly agree and more. Join the conversation on the City Breakfast Show on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash city97.3. Twitter at twitter.com forward slash city973. And Instagram at instagram.com forward slash city973. With the hashtag CityCBS.
This is the City Breakfast Show. The city's biggest conversation. This is the City Breakfast Show. Uh, 6.32. We're getting into the newspaper shortly and uh, it's brought to you by Infidelity Bar. Please reach us now on our new toll-free number. If you don't have it, save it on your phone. 0800-00-3355. It's a single phone call. No charges attached. You can also reach us on any of our social media channels. We're on Facebook, we're on Twitter, we're on Instagram, we are on LinkedIn. We get a new Total Energies lubricant. The bottle is beautiful. The label is great, but the product is even better. Its performance at first sight is the same superior quality oil in the modding and premium bottle brought to you by Total. Quartz keep your engine younger for longer. All right, so uh, we woke up to news that Russia has invaded Ukraine. You may think, well, that's not my business. It soon become your business. The world is a small place now. Even though people have become many more, we are all interconnected. So we'll give you some insights into that situation, what that means, not just for oil prices, but for other things as well. Uh, this is the City Breakfast Show. Today is Thursday. It's the 24th of February. I tell you, Thursday, I don't know what it is about Thursday. It's almost like things just begin to slow, you know, cool it down. It's just great. I like Thursdays. Anyhow, how are you doing? Doing all right. It's an important day in our history, isn't it? 
Yes, yes, yeah. yes, yes. I just so feel I, that I, I, I feel I don't want to discuss it anymore. Yeah, I know. I'm, I'm tired. I know it's what like, you mean. No, it it just leads into so many Look, we have, we emotions. Have, you know what I'm saying? Like, we have, we can reflect on what happened to Kwame Nkrumah. We can reflect mm. on everything. But for me, the key thing is, I have this moment. Mm-hmm. One of the lessons I've learned is that even if I live a hundred years, it will come to me only one day at a time. Mm-hmm. I can't live all the hundred years at in one once, time. Yeah. So, let me make the most of today. And you we know. certainly will. Yes, starting with the Ghanaian Times. Yes, indeed. All right. On the front page of the Ghanaian Times, Commander Sugar Factory takes off in April, says the president. Mm. For those who have been wondering, Lands Minister fumes at $4 million donation by Ghana Chamber of Mines. Mm. Overruling my decisions is unconstitutional. <laughs> <laughs> I've bored, Charlie. <laughs> anyway, that's from Alan Bagman. And look at this. Remember, there's been a lot of talk about fertilizer <laughs> supply issues in Ghana. Well, OCP Ghana and New Age have signed a multi-million pact to ensure fertilizer availability in Ghana. So this is with the biggest fertilizer manufacturer in Africa. So Front page of the Daily Graphics says, Plain spoken engagements. Council of State meets minority. Consensus building high on agenda. That is good for Ilevi. <laughs> <laughs> Ghanaian foreign students bemoan financial challenges. Very, that story has been brewing for some time now. Commander Sugar Factory acquires 20,000 acres for plantation. Speaker expresses disapproval over deputies' ruling. Imagine if a Ghanaian student studying in Ukraine. I was just thinking about or Russia. that. You know, we send a lot of doctors there. And your scholarship. Yes. In Russia, you have too much of a problem if you are in Ukraine. Ukraine, Ukraine, Ukraine that's the problem. Because they declared martial law. No, that means they can't even ask you to join the army tomorrow morning. Oh. <laughs> That's what it is. <laughs> or can they be evacuated as, as citizens? Yeah. Anyway, yeah. the new crusading guide, government reviving Commander Sugar Factory. This is from the president again. Uh, Kodak completes 129 infrastructural projects. This is coming from the CEO of the Coastal Development Authority. Lands minister dissatisfied with $4 million Chamber of Mines donation and NPP internal elections. Play it safe, Kodja urges members. Front page of the Daily Guide newspaper. Welcome back, Daily Guide. Mm-hmm. It's been a while. It's been a and while. they say, shut up. Angry Bagbin barks at MPs. Kwejo Poku courts presidential ambition. Uh, the Coda story also makes it here. ex maslock bosses charities summoned. Comes the photo of Madame Sedina Tamaklo. And prison guard fires gun in court. The Chronicle front page, a few headlines here. Donation to a PRC fund. Oh, how? Your $4 million cash is peanuts. Samuel Jinapur bluntly tells Chamber of Mines. Also, Bagbin scolds Joe Wise for offensive conduct. Operation Halt 1 burns dozens of Galamse excavators and house. Commander Sugar Factory to begin operations in April. And 2 Corinthians 9-7. Each of you should give what you have, or what you have decided in your heart to give, not reluctantly or under compulsion. For God loves a cheerful giver. From page of the BNFT, finally from me, Bernard. GRA outlines eight strategies to boost tax revenue collection. Ghana Welding Bureau established to boost local content in petroleum sector. And big news in Agric, big fertilizer boost for farmers as OCP, New Age Agric Solution, sign MOU. All right, the Business Finder front page. One constituency, $1 million initiative. 162 million Ghana cities invested in over 1,400 projects in six coastal regions. Also, $4.5 billion World Bank project takes off to support Ghana's recovery agenda. And government to convene National Labor Confab on Monday. All right, let's go online. A few stories for you this morning. I wanted to start with the foreign 
websites just for a change. BBC says Ukraine, Russia has launched full-scale invasion. Putin warns that Moscow's response will be instant if anyone tries to interfere. It's basically somebody is beating other people and say, if you like, try me. In the new Washington Post, Russia attacks Ukraine. Biden calls move unjustifiable, says world will hold Russia accountable. Still on that same website, Biden's economic warning shot on Russia disappoints critics but rattles investors. And then um, a few other opinions in there. If you come to citynewsroom.com, the lead story is on the economy. Focus on strong tax base, not widening tax net. Nimoy to government. He also says the government is shying away from IMF because of accountability. Government is disappointed that Utah Legon has voted against suspension of strike. And uh, the Inusa Fuseni, a former member of parliament, says the speaker's angst over dismissal of COVID no motion is justified. If you go to my journal online, they're leading with, you make me sick, I'll get MPs arrested and sent out. Bagbing's fumes. Also, Samojinapo is dissatisfied with Chamber of Mines for their $4 million donation. Meanwhile, court sentences MMT security coordinator 10 years for blackmailing a former MD of the company. If you go to Star FM, UGU tag votes to reject strike suspension. Also, soldiers set for excavators ablaze in private residences from the Ashanti region. And uh, Bagbin Tantrum is here. It's offensive, illegal to overturn my ruling. Bagbin fumes at Joe Weiss. GNA is talking about Commander Sugar Factory to be operational in April, according to the president. Also, uh, we are unaware of alleged sacking of Ajua Safu, according to the gender ministry. And World Bank Group launches $4.5 billion new country partnership framework for Ghana. So, those are the stories. Gentlemen and lady. where do we want to start from? Can we start off with labor? We saw this statement come out that the government is going to convene a national labor conference. Okay, right. This is in the business finder. Okay. So the Ministry of Employment and Labor Relations and its tripartite constituents will, from February 28 to March 1st, organize a national labor conference to reinforce a tripartite conversation on the dynamics and the happenings on the labor front. Now, this is very timely because uh-huh. we've started off the year with lots of strikes and lots of back and forth on labor issues. The conference is on the theme, Strengthening Tripartism for Peaceful Labor Relations and resilient economy. Mm. It's going to be held at the Rock City Hotel in Kwetia in the eastern region and it will ensure timely and coordinated policy responses on labor issues. All They're right. going to discuss the concerns of workers and employers in the public sector in relation to economic realities and they will agree on ways to collaborate on measures to address the concerns. All right, so we'll look out for what happens out there. Out. Well, let me take you then to page 13 of the Daily Graphic. I want to look at the plight of Ghanaian students abroad. Okay. And uh, that is a story by Donald Atodapatem. He says that some Ghanaian students studying abroad on government scholarships are being threatened with official notices for blockage of access to lectures, libraries, and other learning activities Mm. by their various schools for not paying their fees. Some have also received notices of ejection from their hostels and apartments. In addition, some are facing difficulty in fending for themselves due to the drying up of their stipends and academic user and tuition fees. Mm. This is chiefly because the government is yet to release the scholarships and stipends of about 2,000 students on scholarships in various institutions in more than 20 countries, mostly in Europe and Asia. Depending Hmm. on the level of study, which ranges from first degree to doctor of philosophy, that's a PhD, the students receive between $300 and $500 per year for their books, which is normally paid in the last quarter. Hmm. They also receive between $50 and $500 monthly as their stipends. Some of the students who spoke with the Daily Graphic in separate interviews from their places of study stated that they were in dire straits Hmm. and that their situation had been worsened by the effects of the COVID-19 pandemic. Now, Hmm. 
A source at Ghana's mission in the UK says some of the schools there had been given up to March 8th this year as the deadline for those who had not paid their tuition fees to suffer the, to suffer the consequences. Now, the students in Hungary did not have problems with tuition fees, but they had to contend with the drying up of their stipends on which they lived as well as mm. for their rent. Now, for the UK, for instance, there's one student who said uh, the university in which he was studying indicated to him two hmm. weeks ago that he was running out of patience over his default in paying this, in this happens almost every year, year. Every students year. have to call into the radio station and beg and look this, yes another one this is a related one ensure safety of Ghanaian students in ukraine and russia looks to government it's a statement they released they've called on the government to ensure the safety of Ghanaian students studying in the ukraine and russia following the disturbances in the region a statement from luke said some of the members in studying in those countries have resorted to evacuation out of fear of the unknown from the happenings in the country. The full statement is on the website. All right, a bit of agri and agribusiness in the Ghanaian Times. So on page 15, OCP Ghana, for farmers who have been wondering about fertilizer supply, OCP Ghana Limited is a subsidiary of OCP Africa, the largest fertilizer producer in Africa, and New Age Agri Solutions have signed a memo of understanding to ensure consistent and sustainable supply of fertilizer for food production in Ghana. So the collaboration is going to ensure that the right type and quality of fertilizers are made available to farmers across the country to support our food security needs and to support jobs in the agri-production value chain. Now, through PFJ, Planting for Food and Jobs, the government has been phenomenal in ensuring sustainable food production. However, farmers have been facing the challenge of dealing with high costs because of the global situation. Mm. So OCP and New Age want to ensure that farmers get fertilizer on time to keep them productive. Now, is that the same story you read on a different website? Something to do with yeah. fertilizer? Same story. Okay. Yes. And yeah, the Comenda Sugar Factory. Okay. Uh, the president says that the factory will begin full production by April of this year. Okay. I remember it was established in 1964. Hmm. And then in 2016, the previous Mahama administration brought the factory back, but there was some issues, materials to sustain the plant, etc. But the president says the factory will be revived to produce sugar again. Mm -hmm. The civil works are currently ongoing on the plant. They expect to be completed next month for production to begin. Now, he met a delegation of chiefs and elders from the Commenda traditional area at mm. Jubilee House yesterday, and he talked about the fact that a 20,000 acres of land has been secured in the western region for sugarcane plantation. Parliament, again, uh, very heavy in the news this morning, Bernard, I'll give you four stories from mm. Parliament all in the Daily Graphic quickly. Mm. Majority has no intention to remove Ajoa Safo. Mm -hmm. That's Frank Anodon Pre. That's on page 19. Mm. He's the majority chief whip, and he has stated that the majority group in Parliament has no intention of filing a motion for the removal of NPP Member of Parliament for Dom Kwabinya, Sarah Ajoa Safo. Mm -hmm. He said Ms. Safo was still an integral part of the majority and therefore denied that the majority had triggered processes for her removal in Parliament. Now, mm -hmm. the Speaker was very upset yesterday. Mm -hmm. uh, according to him, uh, according to the Speaker, Alban Sumana Kinsford Backbin, uh, he has expressed his concern about the pension of First Deputy uh, Mr. Joseph Sehusu to overrule or dismiss rulings he the speaker has made in the house he says such conduct was not only constitutional and illegal but also very offensive quote it is interesting that this is the second time the first deputy speaker has taken the chair and has made a ruling which in effect was to overrule a position had earlier established before the house mm. now we'll go to court but there's a matter that, that pertains to parliament now the supreme court has set march 9 as the day that they will rule on the deputy speaker's right to vote in parliament we all know this came out during the e levy brouhaha so 
we will keep an eye on that. And then on the front page, finally, mm-hmm. uh, the Standing Committee of the Council of State has met with the leadership of the minority group in Parliament to address recent developments in parliamentary affairs. The mm. meeting, the first such formal encounter between the council and the minority side since the return to democratic rule was convened at the instance of the council to allow for the discussion of issues of national interest. Now, on education, it's not very clear what's happening on the UTAC front mm. because mm. the... NEC has sort of agreed to call it a strike, but two universities have, two campus uh, groups have, have voted against it. So Legon UTAG is the mm-hmm. second group to have voted against suspension. By, by quite a whopping over 700 people voting against, only about 100 and something yeah. voting for. Now, the government is disappointed by this, and according to a story by Jonas Nyabo on citynewsroom.com, government mm-hmm. has says that the vote by Legon chapter of UTAG is retrogressive, and according to uh, PRO of the Ministry of Education, although they're disappointed in the decision, they will continue to engage with other chapters of UTAC with the hope of ending the stalemate and getting lectures to return to the classroom. You know, we discussed the possibility of this happening. NEC agreeing, but mm-hmm. the, the, members. the membership. And we're told that UCC and Tech, I think, between today and Friday, will also take a vote. On yeah, this. So, so if those two go the same it, way as Legon and UEW, then we have a problem. So that's the UTAC story. The other story is the Minister for Land. He says that you can single-handedly rebuild a Piate. $4 million is not enough. This is John Jinapo to Chamber of Mines. That's quite interesting. Mm. And the story is on multiple websites. I'll read the Star FM version where the Minister for Lands in receiving a donation of $4 million for rebuilding a Piate expressed dissatisfaction Shall with be. the amount says that the mining i mean he, he you know how much they earn so minister says that the four million dollars is not enough the fund was established to support victims of appearance exposure to reconstruct the community the chamber made the presentation at the ministry yesterday the 23rd as wednesday according to mr jinapo the chamber has the capacity to single-handedly rebuild the appearance community without creating it without even they need to create a fund now, President of the Chamber, Eric Subotin, said the Chamber was concerned about the incident and has therefore pulled resources together, culminating in the 4 million USDD representing. He revealed that the main contributors to the donation were Anglo Gold Ashanti, Chirano Gold Mines, Goldfields, and Newmont. He said the Chamber has a total membership of 70 companies and expressed the hope that other members would contribute to the fund. So it was like a big four. Mm. Also, Mr. Subotin also thanked the Minister for his leadership and the constructive and decisive manner in which he handled the Apiati explosion. Mm-hmm. All right. Now, some money, money, money issues. In the Business Finder, the World Bank has given us $4.5 billion to take off certain projects. So this is the Country Partnership Framework for Ghana. Mm-hmm. It's taken off after successful discussions yeah. by the World Bank Group's Board of Executive Directors. Now, that $4.5 billion is going to be invested in human capital, job mm-hmm. creation, mm-hmm. economic diversification, mm-hmm. and building a resilient health system and also fostering a greener and more inclusive society. Mm -hmm. Meanwhile, the Coastal Development Authority CEO is telling us how 162 million Ghana cities has been spent. It has been invested into 1,473 various projects. Now, you can read more about that in the Business Finder as well. Some of the projects include Durba Grounds, Boreholes, AstroTurf Pitches, Health Facilities, Libraries, Classroom Blocks, Dormitories, Drains, Roads, Lorry Parks, and Market Centers. Let me take you to a quick story from Dr. Nimoy Thompson. It says, Government is shying away from IMF because of accountability. Uh, economist and former NDPC DG believes the government is shying away from uh, joining or going for an IMF program because of the possible scrutiny of COVID expenditures. Now, speaking on the point of view, he said... Uh, he viewed the push for the e-levy as a last gas measure 
from a government after mismanaging COVID funds. Then he also says the government should focus on building a strong tax base, not widening the net. He gave an example that if you brought more Kayaye, for example, into the tax net, that still wouldn't add anything to our taxes. But if you plug the loopholes at the ports and made the base bigger, you would get, or stronger, you would get more taxes. That was his view on the point of view. Well, the GRA is also outlining its strategies to boost tax revenue collection on mm. page 3 of the BNFT. Mm-hmm. And according to the commission, the Assistant Commissioner General in Charge of Research and Policy at the GRA, mm. Alex Combact, mm-hmm. uh, the authority will roll out four of eight strategies, namely online filing of taxes by the large taxpayer, mm-hmm. taxing the betting and gaming industry, mm. electronically increase the value-added tax penetration, as well as taxing e Mm. So the betting, the taxing of betting and gaming will start from April 1, 2020. Uh, they say they have gotten some software that will help them to tax mm. uh, these businesses. There are many strategies to focus on expanding the payee data by adding not less than 2 million new taxpayers. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right. Let's take you to the agri sector again. You were in fertilizer. I'm taking you back to rice. So rice millers kick against renewed benchmark value policy. Story by Nitakisim, RekusityBusinessNews.com. You know, they were asking for the full, re- the reversal. full reversal. And I think that was a compromise. Now, the Rice Millers Association of Ghana has described government's new directive to adjust the benchmark value policy to 30% and 10% for vehicles, respectively, as a political move which goes against the country's industrialization agenda. They argue the move will ultimately collapse the local rice industry. They had long advocated for a reversal of the discounts as they argued that the implementation of the 50% benchmark policy over the last two years had led to the shutdown of a number of local rice mills. Now, the benchmark value reduction policy, according to them, made imported rice cheaper by 25%. That's contributing to the competitiveness of the local or that's affecting con- the, the competitiveness of uh, local rice on the market. Now, the benchmark value reduction was introduced in 2019. The news of reversal of the policy announced in this year's budget was welcomed by the local rice farmers who were hopefully to be implemented. But now, f- following the, the resistance from the traders, the government has now said we will now move from 50 to 30 and from 30 to 10, but we will not completely reverse it. All right, okay. let's Right. Now, you've been talking about property rates. So, in yeah. the Ghanaian Times, the Municipal Chief Executive of Bonkatamansu, mm. Samolokwe uh, Amankwa, has noted that non-payment of property rates and other levies by residents is as a result of the deplorable roads in the area. He said the residents are discouraged and reluctant to pay levies because of bad roads and water shortage in the municipality. Now, he was speaking at a town hall meeting on Tuesday, and he said the situation was affecting revenue generation of the assembly. He said sometimes you can't drive to those places and say you're going to collect property rates when the road leading to those places are nothing to talk about. Mm. He said the assembly has submitted a document on the road network to mm. the vice president, Dr. Baumia, who has assured that he will secure the needed funding to support the road network in the municipality. Now, the mm. MCE says if we're able to repair 50% of our major roads, it will change the landscape of Bontuatamanso totally mm-hmm. and it will give people the zeal to support the government's agenda and contribute to development of the municipality through property rates and business operating permits. Well, Bernard, I'll just give you a quick update before we go into another now quite a lot happening there. Mm-hmm. So on page six of the Daily Guide, uh, users of the Criminal Court Five Division of Accra High Court were yesterday terrified Charlie? when the rifle of a prison officer hmm. accidentally discharged in the courtroom. This is what they call it Otilo Afonikang Nogo. Charlie, the way they say I don't mean think the judge are Yeah, but sadly, uh, the officer injured his leg 
and mm. uh, he's currently yeah, we hospital. are responding to treatment. Yes, yeah, responding to treatment. The chief justice issued a statement on this Charlie? Uh, through the judicial secretary what, yesterday. What, what triggered him to trigger the trigger? You know, <laughs> I'm intended. Now, okay, so your chronicle scripture is pretty interesting, sort of talking about offering, but you had another story there. Yeah, and, and in fact, Ukraine is here as well. There's a whole page with details on the Ukraine-Russia conflict, which I know we'll get to. Yeah, but I feel they, they didn't have the details of this invasion. I think the invasion was last night. Yeah, yes. so, not too long ago. Actually. Yes, actually, a few ago. moments not ago. So ago. the BBC, for example, is giving us uh, like a picturesque analysis by Jeremy Gahagan. He basically says, just over two hours ago, the Russian President Vladimir Putin announced the military action. Many people in Kiev have rushed to underground metro stations to take shelter. Others have boarded buses to leave the city and they accuse of cars trying to get out. And the story gives a summary. Basically, Russian President Vladimir Putin has announced a military operation in Ukraine's Donbas region. He urged Ukrainian soldiers in eastern Ukraine to lay down weapons and return to their homes. Putin warns that Moscow's response will be instant if anyone tries to take on Russia. R Ukraine's foreign minister accuses Russia of starting a full-scale war and urges the UN to do everything possible to stop it. Now, what is the US saying? President Biden vows that the world will hold Russia accountable, predicting major loss of life. Biden will address Americans on later today about the consequences he says Russia will face. NATO chief Jens Stoltenberg says the bloc stands with Ukraine mm -hmm. at this terrible time and mm. will do all it takes to defend our allies. Everybody's A lot of interesting rhetoric. Meanwhile, Ukraine's <laughs> own president, Volodymyr Zelensky, earlier said an invasion could be the beginning of a big war on the European continent. In a late night address to the nation, he vowed he, we would defend ourselves in the event of an attack. What does this all mean for us? Lots of things. You know, the world is very much connected. World prices of oil are going to go up. Uh, we don't know what's going to happen to gas, though, because Russia produces a lot of gas that feeds Europe. The, mm. the Europeans and Americans have decided they're not going to purchase that gas anymore. We don't know what China is going to say. And the funniest thing I heard this morning on the BBC, they said that the Sudanese vice president has taken a plane to Russia to <laughs> support. <laughs> and then the, 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 the analyst to the BBC doesn't know what the Ukrainian the, the Sudan. <laughs> the Sudanese vice president says Sudan is an ally. He said that's another Sudan will buy all the gas that the Europeans will buy. But Sudan vice president is going to Russia to support. Yeah, he supports the war. Trump too is just well. Let me just give you another <laughs> angle on this on page nine. So U.S. and its allies mm. uh, unveiled more sanctions against Russia over its recognition of two separatist areas in eastern Ukraine, while making clear mm. we're keeping tougher measures in reserve. Well, now it's outdated because mm, the yeah. full-scale invasion by Moscow is on yeah. in the Donbass region. So yeah. let's see the U.S.'s response. Uh, Joe Biden has been saying a couple of things in yeah. the past min uh, few minutes. We will get to that when the program begins. But we'll have a conversation about statehood mm -hmm. this morning and what actually is a state. Because mm. the difference between what Russia has done and what exists mm -hmm. normally is they've couched this in international law language. They are claiming that the place belongs to them. Yes. yes. And so we'll try and break this down. We'll right. see how that goes. That was the newspaper review. Coming up next is the City Business News. This is the City Breakfast Show. The city's biggest conversation. Okay, so 6.58, City Breakfast Show, newspaper review came. Now we have the business news brought to us by Goyle. We are rewarding our prepaying go-kart customers with two-person discounts per liter on fuel. 
You can also enjoy discounts on lubricants on gold stations nationwide. Elevate your goodness, join a gold club today and enjoy up to three pesos discounts per liter on fuel. Accrue and contribute loyalty points to a social group to fund an approved CSR project. And above all, enjoy exclusive gold branded campaign gifts. Visit a gold station today or go online registration.gold.com.gh. Get on the Go card, become part of the Go Club. Go Good Energy. And it's time to be a G with G Money. It's the most reliable and most secure mobile money wallet. Take part in the Win Like a G promo, win monthly rewards, or a brand new saloon car as the grand prize. Visit any G Money agent or GCB branch, perform transactions to build points, and win big. G Money agents are part of this amazing promo. Sign up, perform more transactions, and win too. Be a G. Unleashing the power of relevant radio. This is City 97.3. All right, so Bobby Osei is joining us with the City Business News. Good morning. Good morning to you and good morning to you out there. Welcome to the breakfast edition of City Business News, probably brought to you by MTN, Goyle and GCB Bank and powered by your most comprehensive business news website, citybusinessnews.com. Let's head straight into our stories. Now, the World Bank Group has announced plans to support Ghana's economic recovery plan with 4.5 billion US dollars. Now, the support forms part of a five of a new five-year country partnership framework, CPF, for Ghana from the year 2022 to 2026. According to the Bretton Woods Institution, the CPF will address the immediate as well as medium-term implications of the COVID-19 crisis in line with the Ghana Coronavirus Alleviation and Revitalization of Enterprises Support Program. The following news desk report has more. According to a release from the World Bank, the new five-year country partnership framework CPF for Ghana covering 2022 to 2026, will support Ghana in its COVID-19 and medium-term development agenda and will prioritize investment in human capital, job creation, economic diversification, building a resilient health system, and fostering a greener and more inclusive society. It is designed around three mutually reinforcing focus areas, namely enhancing conditions for private sector development and quality job creation, improving inclusive service delivery, and promoting resilient and sustainable development. Exploiting the opportunities of digital transformation will be a cross-cutting theme. The $4.5 billion CPF was prepared jointly by the World Bank, the International Finance Corporation, IFC, and the Multilateral Investment Guarantee Agency, MIGA. Commenting on the new framework, the World Bank Country Director for Ghana, Liberia, and Sierra Leone, Pierre Laporte, stated that the new CPF is aligned with Ghana's coordinated program of economic and social development policies and will support the government of Ghana in creating a competitive environment for the private sector to flourish and play a greater role in job creation, particularly for the youth. Mr. Laporte added that through the CPF, the World Bank will also support policies and programs that aim to strengthen digital transformation for improved service delivery and productivity, improve governance and promote greater inclusion, including strengthening women's economic empowerment. Regarding the significant social and economic impact of the COVID-19 crisis, the Bretton Woods Institution noted that the framework will address the immediate as well as medium-term implications of the COVID-19 crisis in line with the Ghana Coronavirus Alleviation and Revitalization of Enterprises Support Program and lay a path on how the World Bank, IFC, 
NMIGA will leverage their relative strengths to partner with Ghana for stronger development outcomes. That was a news desk report. The Association of Ghana Industries, AGI, says the recently announced 30% discount on the benchmark values for goods coming into Ghana from March 1 will further weaken the ailing city. The comments are on the back of the recent decision by government to revise the discount on the benchmark values for goods from 50% to 30% after the finance ministry held a meeting with relevant parties. The association says the surest way of making the currency competitive and strong against the U.S. dollar and other foreign currencies is by promoting the local production of goods instead of importation. Chona Makhwalu is the crowd chairman of the Association of Ghana Industries. The major current challenge now is the depreciation of the city. One of the surest way to do that is to promote local industries. All these goods that are being imported and that are actually being manufactured locally. What we need to do is to promote the local consumption of these goods and promote local production so that you can make the city worth it and, and, and ensure that we minimize the buying of, of, of the dollars and the demand for the dollars. And we're saying this is the way to go. So we're available for governments to have a concession. We're yet to have any discussion on, on any of these things and we're standing by what we're saying. And as far as AGI is concerned, we are so determined to see the benchmark value reversed. Chona Makhwalu is the Accra chairman of the Association of Ghana Industries. Moving on, the Ministry of Finance has indicated that plans are underway to upgrade the internal audit agency into a service. This, according to the ministry, is part of efforts towards strengthening the agency in the performance of its functions. Now, the internal audit agency is a public service institution established by the Internal Audit Agency Act 2003, Act 658. Now, it exists to serve as a central agency with the objective of coordinating, facilitating and providing quality assurance for internal audit activities within the ministries, departments and agencies as well as the metropolitan, municipal and district assemblies. Now, the development with the agency was revealed by Deputy Minister of Finance, Abinose Asari, who was speaking during the launch of the 2021 Financial Year Audit. The Ministry of Finance on eight parts is also working with the internal audit agency to strengthen the work of internal auditors and ensure that internal controls are improved in public institutions to prevent the occurrence of audit irregularities. A great effort is underway by government to restructure the internal audit agency into an internal audit service through a proposal to amend its acts to strengthen its functions across all ministries, departments and agencies, MDAs. The proposal will be tabled before cabinet soon. This initiative is aimed at providing the needed independence and adequate resources and technical capacity to enable the internal audits play its role in, the, in public financial management reforms. Again, the internal audit agency in collaboration with the Ministry of Finance have commenced a name and shame measure by which names of MDAs not complying with key accountability requirements in the Public Financial Management Act are published in the media to enforce compliance with the law and ensure effective accountability by public institutions. You had the Deputy Minister of Finance, Abna Ose Asari. 
Now, Ghana has over the years lost opportunities for indigenous welders to be employed to play key roles in the upstream petroleum sec industry, though there are thousands of qualified as well as artisanal welders in the country. Now, to address this problem, the government is not relenting in its efforts to give these workers the needed training and education to ready them for these jobs through various TVET programs. Energy Minister Dr. Matthew Pokoprempe is hands charging Ghanaians to assume leading roles in the various subsectors of the country's energy, energy sector to push the country. This report has the rest of the story. According to Energy Minister Dr. Matthew Pokoprempe, having more Ghanaians participate in the industry will ensure national development and create jobs. To achieve this, he believes more people ought to be given the needed education and training in the various subsectors of the energy space. The minister was speaking at the launch of the Ghana Welding Bureau, which has been set up to regulate and see to the development of the welding industry. When you look around, there is nothing we can do without pipe fitters or welders. You talk about the Ghana gas that is supposed to take gas everywhere. If it's supposed to take gas everywhere, including our homes, just imagine the number of pipe fitters we, we need. If we talk about thermal dry dock, if we have dry dock working, all these FPSOs can even be built in Ghana. That is taking commanding heights of your economy. The people who come from Malaysia or Philippines to lay their pipes, they will take their money and they will take their talent and their skills back home and they will earn fast, fast salaries. But for Ghanaians to enjoy what we call our oil find, especially now that we are in an energy transition before we have even begun enjoying our oil fight. There's an imperative that we, we in government do everything to have as many Ghanaians trained as possible for the benefit of Ghana. Ghana has over the years lost opportunities for indigenous welders to be employed to play key roles in the upstream petroleum industry, though there are thousands of qualified as well as artisanal welders in the country. To address this challenge, the Ghana Welding Bureau has been set up to be responsible for the certification and registration of companies and individuals involved in the welding and allied operations. This will in turn pave the way for young Ghanaians to be employed in the oil and gas, mining, automotive and other allied industries. The report was followed by Ellen Pie and read by Ni Latilate. Time now to join Gideon Amonichi of Databank for the latest update from the bonds market. At the end of Monday's trading session on the Ghanaian secondary bond market, trades in 31 bonds resulted into a total market turnover of 872 million Ghana cities. The July 2022 five-year bond, which traded at an average indicative yield of 17.18%, and the November 2022 five-year bond, with an average indicative yield of 20.15%, saw much interest during the trading session. The Dateband bond index closed the session higher, crossing into the positive territory with a year-to-date gain of 0.05%. On the money market, a total amount of 1.32 billion Ghana cities will be offered across the 91-day to the 3-4-day bills on Friday, 25th February. Proceeds will be used to refinance upcoming maturities worth 1.28 billion Ghana cities across the same maturities. You hear the Gideon Amuniche of Databank and that does it for the breakfast edition of City Business News, proudly brought to you by MTN, Goyle and GCB Bank and powered by your most comprehensive business news website, citybusinessnews.com. Do have a good business day.
This is the City Breakfast Show. The city's biggest conversation. The City Breakfast Show. Rise above the noise. Baby, make a give you solid. Make a even mix and and I walk power. It's 30 minutes past seven. I want to wish uh, a friend of mine, Zilix Dwayne. You know Zilix Dwayne? Yeah, yeah, he's a regular texter. Yeah, Zilix Yes, me, aka Macho Man for Christ. <laughs> Big man, Charlie. Today is his birthday. Did you do it's a crazy Liverpool and Hustle folks supporter. Hey. He supports all the right teams. You know, he <laughs> does for me. No, no, I mean, say, I mean, look at what Liverpool did yesterday. Sis Neil. Sis, Charlie, Mrs. But, Neil. But that was to be expected. The title race is on. He's also a phobia supporter. So, Zilix, yesterday, the Sis Neil was your birthday, something, something. Is it birthday something? Animal and something. You know, animal and something. <laughs> when you go to London the first time and you get down at the train station called Elephant and Castle. Elephant and Castle. Yeah, you are looking for some place and you have to come and pick it. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> animal and something. <laughs> Charlie, Elephant and Castle has become Animal and something. You know, I mean, how, how do you name a station Elephant and Castle? Charlie. So, Animal and something. There's a reason for it. I actually saw, a, like, uh, was it artwork or something? But you actually could see an, an elephant yes. in a castle. Oh, yeah. Elephant oh, and something. It's, it's, it's one of their underground. Yeah. Charlie, Elephant I don't like that. I, did, I didn't like that station. I heard they've changed it. Some crazy small <laughs> station called <laughs> Animal and something. Yeah, sure. Elephant and Castle. Small, small. Animal and something. <laughs> Let me say good morning to Skelly Dread. You know Skelly Dread? Yeah, Skelly Dread. Skelly Dread. You have to come and play reggae. Because where, where Ukraine and Russia are, <laughs> Charlie, we need, we need reggae. You know, Skelly. So that place you are, if I come back. Yeah, DJ Skelly Dread. Anyway, Leshego is proud to be associated with Kickoff. It's driving us, the spirit of Africa, I mean, to do more, become more, and achieve more. We're launching a new digital platform to help you do this well. Get ready. To join us as we empower Africa, let shareholder savings and loans let's improve life. All right, so Nathan will do the honors on Thursday. Take it up. <laughs> well, let's start off with the Ghana Premier League. Hearts and Asante Kosoko, they have matches rescheduled. I'll be giving you details. The Ghanaman Center of Excellence set for a major facelift, according to the people who run the place. It was a night of stalemates in the Champions League, and Liverpool put Leeds to the sword to blow the Premier League title race wide open. <laughs> And we begin with the Ghana Premier League and the GFA has announced that Hearts of Oak and Asante Kotoko's Game Week 19 matches in the Ghana Premier League have been postponed. Now, the two teams are set to play in the President's Cup on Friday, um, March 4. Uh, that's about the second weekend into the second round of the league. And now, because they'll be playing uh, the President's Cup, their matches uh, on that weekend or during that weekend have been moved forward. So Hearts of Oak will be 
playing against Wafa on the 9th of March. It was supposed to have happened that weekend, which is the Independence Day weekend. And Asante Kotoko now face Bechem United on the 8th of March. Also, that game should have been played over the Independence Day weekend. The rest of match week 19's matches in the Ghana Premier League remain intact. They will not be moved. But Hearts and Kotoko's games have been moved because they are playing in the President's Cup on 6 p.m. on the 4th of March at their cross post on the president, uh, His Excellency Nana Dodanko Kufado will be there to do the ceremonial kickoff. And then the biggest teams or the two biggest teams in Ghanaian football will battle it out for yet another trophy. Now, one player who's likely to feature in that game is midfielder Sharif Mohammed. He plays currently for Asante Kotoko and he's been receiving a lot of high praise from Dr. Prosper Nate Ogum, who's head coach of Asante Kotoko. Now, after struggling, uh, after he joined from Stead Fast, Mohamed has now become a key part of the Kotoko team. And for Prosper Nate Ogum, he's happy with what he's getting from the player. He's a multifunctional player, what you normally call utility player. Anywhere you fix him, he'll play as a right back, as a center back, anywhere. And I'm sure if there need be one day that we'll have to play him as a marksman, I'm very sure he can fit in. The fact is that he's very intelligent. He, he can really read and analyze the game. And then in terms of talent, he has, he has that ability. Um, he's, he's, he's technically a very good player. And tactically, what I've observed about him is that what you tell him is what he goes to do. And sometimes he will even add more to what you've told him. And that's a hallmark of a great player in the making. That's Asante Kotoko head coach, Dr. Prosper Nate Ogum Singh. Lovely things about his player, Sharif Mohammed, who plays for Asante Kotoko. Talking about talent and all of that, the Ghanaman Soccer Center of Excellence in Prime is supposed to be Ghana's factory for producing footballers and all of that. Well, that entity is set to experience a major facelift in the coming months. Now, it's a camping hub for the various national teams, but it hasn't seen any refurbishment since it was put together in 2004. Now, according to Winifred, Fred Maudeku, who's the director of the facility, plans are in motion for additions to be made to the original structure. The GFA has a major plan for this centre and it is to first of all secure the land and then we can build a lot more facilities. We are hoping that um, towards the middle part of this year we are going to start building a sports stadium here. We are going to build a bas basketball court here. We are going to complete the beach soccer pitch. We are building two of them. And then we are going to build a lot more football pitches. And so there's a lot of activities that is going to go on within this period going forward. And we are hoping that grace and money will come so that we are able to do that. So that was uh, Winifred Maudeku. She's uh, the director uh, or the facility or the director of the Ghanaman Soccer Center of Excellence Facility in Pram Pram. Let's do some Champions League night and it was a night of stalemates. And it was a night where the four teams could not get a win. We had a one-all draw and a two-all draw. Let's start off in Spain 
where the Wanda Metropolitano was the venue as Atletico Madrid took on Manchester United of England. Atletico Madrid took the lead very early in the game. Joao Felix scoring after seven or so minutes. But very late in the game, in the 80th minute, substitute Anthony Ilanga, he came off the bench to score for Manchester United to leave the two teams locked ahead of their second leg in three weeks. Let's hear from Man United's interim manager, Ralph Rannick, having a lot of praise for Anthony Ilanga. Yeah, he's playing with all the energy that you need for that game. He's extremely fast. He can shoot with both legs, uh, left and right leg. He can also score with, with his head, uh, uh, what he did against uh, Brentford. And uh, yes, it's just fun to see him play. For him, it looks like a, a dream come true. Uh, in every training session, in every game he's playing, and he doesn't feel seem to have any, or feel any pressure. Uh, bearing in mind that he missed the penalty against Middlesbrough, the way that he dealt with it afterwards in the last couple of weeks, uh, yeah, it's just it's just good to have a boy like this in the squad. So that was Man United's interim manager, Ralph Rangnick, speaking there after his side drew 1-1 in Spain. The other tie on the night was an upgrade on the 1-1. It was a 2-2 encounter between Benfica and Ajax Amsterdam. Sebastian Allaire scored an own goal. And he later scored for Ajax. Dusan Tadic made it 2-1. But Roman Yeremchuk made it 2-2 for Benfica. Later tonight, Napoli will face Barcelona. Rangers face Dortmund. Lazio face Porto. And Dinamo Zagreb face Sevilla in the Europa League's playoff games. Let's do some Premier League now. And it was a fantastic night if you support Liverpool. They put six past a hapless Leeds United. Mo Salah got two. Sadio Mane got two. Joel Matip got the other. And Virgil van Dijk rounded up the scoring. Let's hear from a very excited Liverpool manager, Jurgen Klopp. Doesn't have a lot anymore, but I got carried away a little bit for a second, so it's fine, I think. Yeah, I love pretty much everything about the game. I love the difficulties we had in the beginning because it's so tricky to play them. We have three days, one training day, 15 minutes where we can do a, prepare the boys for a completely an opponent plays completely different to all other teams. We need obviously another 15 in the game to get used to it. Uh, it was a really hectic starting period, and then. When we calmed down, when our movements got better, when our timing was better, when our passes were clearer, all of a sudden the situations um, uh, changed. And yes, we needed two penalties, but after two nice football situations, and we controlled the game and scored wonderful goals, especially in the end, the pitch was really too big to defend us in the way they defended, and um, I really like it. Liverpool manager Jurgen Klopp. So that means that they've cut Man City's lead to just three points at the top of the league table it doesn't get exciting or even more exciting than that tottenham hotspur though they experienced a night to forget they were beaten by a ben me goal in the first half as Burnley beat spurs by one goal to you know three or so days or four days after beating man city spurs have experienced a negative and it was a bit too much for antonio conte he is calling for an assessment of how things are done at tottenham hotspur well, it's difficult tonight, and uh, it's not only tonight. And uh, in the last five games, we lost uh, four games, and uh, it means that uh, we have to, yeah, we be assessment, assessment uh, about the club, about uh, about me, and uh, because I think that uh, for me it's very frustrating to lose four games in the last five games. For sure, and uh, the situation is this, and the situation speaks clear. I'm really sorry. I'm really sorry for, for the fans. I'm really sorry for, uh, yeah, especially for the fans, because I think they don't deserve this. 
Tottenham Hotspur manager Antonio Conte. In other results, it was Watford 1, Crystal Palace 4, Zaha Scott twice, Galaga Mateta getting the others, while Musa Sissoko opened the scoring for Watford. Let's end with some tennis and Alex Verev, whose world number three has been thrown out of the Mexican Open after unsportsmanlike conduct that saw him attack the umpire's chair at the end of a doubles match in Acapulco. Now, he argued with the umpire during the decisive tiebreak as he and Marcelo Melo lost 6-2, 4-6, to Lloyd Glasspool and Harry Heliovara. Zverev struck the umpire's chair several times with his racket. He later apologized for and called his behavior unacceptable. He was the defending champion in the singles event, but after doing so, he's been thrown out there. We wait to see if he'll get further sanctions from the ATP and whether he could be suspended from the current tennis tour. And that's how we end this morning's edition of Kickoff. Probably brought to you by Lechego. My name is Nathan Kwamini. Thanks for listening. There's more sports on citysportonline.com. We have more news for you in the subsequent bulletins on radio and on City TV. Do have a fantastic day. Stay safe. Take care and please keep listening to the City Breakfast Show. This is the City Breakfast Show. The city's biggest conversation.
Lord Kenya So there's a question on the table Have you tried a new Nutri-Day yogurt? It's Ghana's newest delicious and nutritious yogurt from Fan Milk Enjoy the good nutrition and great taste of Nutri-Day yogurt with zinc Vitamin A, B6, B12 and zinc Try Nutri-Day today Get it from your nearest fuel station, supermarket, or neighborhood store. Nutri Day strong every day. Few happy birthday, Bernard. We want to wish our good brother Cardinal Lambert Kofi Ativo a blessed happy birthday. May the good Lord enlarge his coast from John Kekeli and all the 2008. Cardinals. A happy birthday to Mrs. Martha Kwashi, Executive Director of Delin Consult, wishing you God's grace and favor from Doris. Also wishing Aniki Vanderpoy a happy birthday. She's a super special person to our family. And I hope she will have lots and lots of fun today from Ruth Ajololo. And Mrs. Bella Ahu of Traffic's Catering. Please wish her a wonderful birthday from the entire family. She's an amazing and inspiring woman. This is a wish from us all, from Ellie, from Senyo, from Edna and Nakosia. Happy birthday. Another one coming in to Desmond Lamte. You are a good mentor. Stay blessed and continue shaping lives in the lecture room from Bernard Ebo Esa to Mrs. Elsie Yaokuma with love from your son and daughter-in-law Eddie and MFA. Long life, peace and prosperity. A happy birthday to Abraham Oko Vanderpoy from your wife and children and to Kukua Ankabading of GTV coming from Mele Vanderpoy. A birthday wish also coming in from Godfred. Yes, 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 yes. Mm-hmm. Today is the birthday mm-hmm. of uh, Kiona Abnesabia. Mm. Okay. Mm. Oh, she turns seven. Oh, so it's her birthday. Yes. Rara. Oh, wow. A.K.A. Rara. Rara the Great. A.K.A. Astronaut Police. A.K.A. Jasmine. A.K.A. Everything. If at this age you are getting all these A.K.A.s. Wow, happy birthday to you. This is coming from me. Mame Bragut is coming from your 
grandparents mm-hmm. put the dancewoman in encantments mm-hmm. from Nihao, your bestie from the boys papa kwame ura nana kufi or hene from your aunts nanama both of them for everybody all of us uh, from everybody here as well from uncle bernard Shandu is listening from Uncle Joe. Oh yes, from Auntie Kokui, who has agreed to yes, hook yes, yes. Kobe and Rara up. Jojo, Jojo and Rara up. So we are already beginning relationships. Also seven. Yeah. <laughs> so, so I love you very, very much. Everybody loves you very, very much. Have an amazing birthday. Yeah, uh, she's at Troy Montessori mm. in Dansomon. Mm. Mm. Enjoy your day. Mummy. Beautiful name. If their parents don't pronounce the name for you, you don't get it all. Mm. Okay. I have one. My nephew. Charlie's a young man, but you didn't know. I had to ask his mother to pronounce it for me. Kanyo ni okai kwe. And it's spelled C H E. Can you? A. It's not. It's light. Best the girl for light. Can you? you're a good boy. We love you. Happy birthday to you. You are five today, so you're a big boy now. We'll bamba with you. Can you? Spell it, make us C H E N I E L. Hey, never heard it. And we have got Bible class. Was it Daniel's brother, Kaniel? Daniel Daniel. Name's Dale. Happy birthday to Mrs. Samachuku. My rock, my cheerleader, and the loins from whence I came. I love you, mommy, from Obi. Obi. Grandma, Grandma Chuku is awesome. Somebody, somebody, mommy, they call grandma. Oh, I call you by. She's not a. Yeah, she's a grandmother, but not to you. No, she does. She actually does reach out to us. No, you don't understand. You, your age is your your grandmother. Yeah, but that's what we all call her. Uh-huh, it's okay. like how people call grandma mama. No, no, no I, I know, but like, no, but, but, but Sam, you know? Samai is not that that old. <laughs> Don't start grandma in her. <laughs> yeah, that's what I'm saying. Which is a really, really nice woman. Yes. Don't forget, requests are probably brought to you by Creamy Plus Evaporated Milk. Takes you back to the original creamy taste of evaporated milk. It's a great complement to your beverages, whether it's tea or coffee, whether it's Gary, Shokings, Maske, or any of the breakfast meals. Creamy Plus is available at all girl shops. There's also shell shops, there's a Bachona Total, and other supermarkets. In fact, you can contact Less Farm. Distribute us on 0501-682-522. That's 0501-682-522 for more information. I need to tell you this, that uh, on Friday, which is tomorrow, we are partnering the Media Commission mm-hmm. to host a conversation on freedom of speech. So we, it's a roundtable discussion exploring the boundaries of freedom of speech. We're looking at three dimensions, the professional, the ethical, and the legal dimensions. Now, this is because of all the things that have happened in the past couple of weeks. So we have three very uh, great speakers. Uh, We have the professional angle. We have uh, Professor Kwame Kakari, uh, a very celebrated 
journalist and communications expert. Then for the ethical dimension, George Sapong, who's a lawyer and a journalist. He's the executive secretary of the Media Commission. And then for the legal angle, is Ananankuma, who's a lawyer. The program will be moderated by Vivian Kailoko. It's going to be live on radio and TV at 10.30 a.m. Now, if you want to attend, you can send us a WhatsApp. We'll send you the invitation. It's free, but it's by invitation. So if you want to be there, let us know. Send us a WhatsApp 0549986996. We'll send the invite to you via the same means. Well, today, look, I'm going to be biased a bit to the birthday. Another birthday which has come mm. for my daughter. So I'm going to read that oh, one. Too. Okay. From uh, somebody to your daughter. No, one, her, her aunt whom I added to the message, Auntie Benedict, Auntie Benny, Nihao, okay. says she, she wants her message read independently. Especially. She doesn't want she it doesn't as want part it of the group. In a consolidated. So no, no consolidated in it. No, 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 no. no, no. Okay. She says, happy birthday mm. from only me. <laughs> to my bestie of life. Aww. Interesting. I love her to the moon and mm. I ain't coming back. I like that. So I this like is that. coming from Aunt Benny. Okay. Uh, AKA Nihao <laughs> of Fidelity Pharmacy Dan so on. She's she's disjointed herself from your request. Yes. And done her own, <laughs> her own. personal request. <laughs> yes. Tell her to add her own gifts too. Oh she will. Yes. She will. That would be nice. Yes, she will. This is from John Wesley Donko Jr. Alright. To Mr. John Wesley Donko Senior, is it? Yes, uh, okay. he was our father when we were growing up. Um, from Ebenezer Donko, Justice, from all of us, mm. um, he's 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 about one of the best contractors I've seen in the whole country. Contractor. When he builds for you, mm. it's it's on point. Today is his seventieth birthday, so Daddy, happy birthday to you. Okay, and may God continue to bless you. Joshua mm. uh, Ajiman also wants to wish his mom, mm. uh, Mrs. Comfort Ajiman, a happy birthday. Mm. It's also from Priscilla Koleko, Ajiman, and mm. the whole family to you. Mm-hmm. They want to wish you a happy birthday. And a special one going to Aunt Bella. Bella Ahu of Traffics. Yeah. Um, this message is from a lot of people. Mm. From your son, Senior, mm-hmm. to uh, you, mm-hmm. and from your brand new daughter-in-law. Let mm. me read the daughter-in-law's message. I read it earlier. I want to read it again. because When, you were, when, you, were, when you were drinking the cocoa. Kojo. <laughs> Today is Aunt Bella's birthday. Mm. Mother-in-law extraordinary. Mm. Aunt Bella of Traffics. Mm. Please wish her a wonderful birthday for me. Mm. And it's from Akusia Kwafu Ojiri Amu to Aunt Bella. I also want to say happy birthday to my friend Silix Duane. He's, uh, oh, he's in London. Oh, yeah. Oh, then he's, he's a happy London. man this morning. Yeah. He, oh, he's very happy. Yes, at a Liverpool six. six. Oh, yeah. Wow. <laughs> yes. One, 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 six, six, six. Maybe you should play that for him. <laughs> no, he doesn't like that song. <laughs> How do you know? No, no, he, like, he likes this song. He likes Book Bag. He listens to like every city program. Yeah, he says, Big issue, wow. he's sending message. That's going to be the best show. part. He's, he's, he supports both hearts. And Liverpool. Can you, how can you get this so right? Uh, he's a, he's, he's, I, he must also say he's your supplier of Jesse. Yes, my Liverpool. Don't say too loud. Yes. Don't say <laughs> but I also send him half stars, Jesse. Ah, okay. Oh, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I oh, so you reciprocate? No, but he sends more than I send. <laughs> no, he sends more than I send. So he's a he's a phobian. You have and a, no shame, yes. Oh, you have a new hat, Jesse. Yeah, you know I have the home one, and I wanted the away one. Okay. And it finally came thanks to Felix Romark. Is it hey. about what have you what? <laughs> Let's not start that thing.
In the meantime, Absa Corporate Investment Banking has the experience, the expertise, and the reach to ensure that together you can put your business at the forefront of the financial world, positively impact the communities in which you operate, and empower your global vision. You speak to the bank with the bravery to imagine and the will to get things done today. That's Africana City. That's Absa Corporate and Investment Banking. Visit absa.com.gh for more information. And between this month and March, Prime Insurance is rewarding new and existing customers across the country with valuable rewards worth over 500,000 CDs. Meet the team at the 37 DVLA office on Wednesday, February 23, to sign up, renew, or upgrade your motor, homeowners, commercial, fire, or ally pair policies with Prime Insurance and get a juicy reward. You can also call us on 020-859-8216 or 0302-229-062. Visit Prime Insurance Ghana on Facebook and Instagram for more information. Prime Insurance, rest assured, you're insured. And don't forget that with the Shell Yenkonkwa promo, you can get so many things just for 100 CD worth of fuel you buy. You can win free fuel, you can get TV sets, motorbikes, mobile phones, airtime and extra loyalty points to redeem any gift of your choice. There are over 80,000 gift items up for grabs and the best part is that you win yours instantly. The promo runs from now until 31st March 2022. Terms and conditions apply. And the Earl Beam Group is expanding its portfolio in developing ultra-luxury, mixed-use and affordable residential properties in Ghana. The Earl of Cantonments is a mixed-use development comprising of 99 units, a 54-key boutique hotel to be managed by an international five-star hotel and a 44-unit service department's development dubbed 
ailments. Okay. The property offers residents the chance to benefit from a serene live-in option or get return on investment while relaxing in a modern space with on-site amenities and special resident discounts. The launch of this majestic development will be at the Cosmopolitan on Friday, 25th February at 6 p.m. For more details, call 0594-158-341 or email sales at earlbeamrealty.com. And the first edition of the 2022 ABSA Business Connect series comes off this Friday, February 25th at 10 a.m. That's tomorrow. This month's topic is improving your finances in 2022. Join ABSA Bank's finance director, Kushum Kushi, on Facebook. That's at ABSA Ghana. The ABSA Business Connect series helps to take your business to the next level. That's Africanacity. That's ABSA. All right, so it's 10 minutes to 8. I think that the first point we need to raise... Briefly this morning, before you know, the U-turns that the executives had called of the strike. I thought that that was what it was, mm. but it looks like the process is more elaborate. Mm. Now we're told every campus has to vote. UW UTAG has voted not to accept the next decision. Legon UTAG voted quite overwhelmingly against mm. calling of the strike. So I don't know what's going on there. And then you have now Tech and UDS. I saw two reports on news yesterday. Basically. People seem to be getting ready to go back to school. The registry is preparing, but we don't know whether the vote would be to affirm the decision of the neck or whether to overturn it. So it creates a bit of a challenge. So I don't know. We'll touch base with the campuses and find out what's happening to see. Because if you have some schools saying yes and some schools saying no, I'm told that they have about 16 campuses. So if majority of them say we will adhere to the neck decision, then it's like everybody has to stand by that. Yeah, but it's a bit like when I was in Lagos. When you want to do like an impeachment on the hall and hall basis, mm-hmm. every hall will have a special meeting. Mm-hmm. So maybe maybe at the time there were like five halls. Yeah. If three out of the five say impeach, then all of us impeach. If only two, you don't. Just mm-hmm. so you 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 need to do it on a campus by campus basis. So now you have two of the main universities saying no. Yeah. We don't agree with what the neck is saying. It's a bit concerning, isn't it? Yeah, it is. And um, you know when the reading came out and we had this conversation yeah and they agreed we did uh, we did indicate that it was still down to the university the individual university groupings to you know agree or disagree even though neck mm. as the mother body would have said yes we are lifting the suspension and mm. at the moment it looks like they are taking that vote and, yeah uh, like, the reason why i asked you this one you know, it's very it would be interesting to know what ucc and, and tech would say, would say, was there the it's it's it's, it's UG, UCC, mm-hmm. tech, and uh, then and perhaps UDS, UDS, and then Winneba. I think they are the top five. Yes, who are the big boys? UEW have already said no, and uh, yeah. Legon yeah. saying no is serious, serious. because serious. I don't know. Yeah. And have they said they have why wait. they've said no? No, they just voted. They just voted. Yeah, they just voted. So and it was overwhelming. It wasn't even close. yeah. That's exactly. So there must it wasn't be. Even close. A reason for that. So I think the, the question we should well, ask is what did I, the I neck, what did the neck <clears throat> communicate to the, the membership about why they said they were calling off the strike? What? Did the neck give them like some roadmap of what the government was going to well, do? Well, the next statement was quite clear. The next statement was quite clear. It was a public statement. So I think that yeah, is what I'm going. Saying, you know, what I'm, yeah, I'm saying that you see, I'm not blaming the neck. I'm saying that the neck called off the strike possibly without a clear commitment from government to do specific things mm. i think there was an assurance of further engagement which it looks like the members will not agree to well, you, no, what the, the statement says uh-huh. it says 
we wish to inform members that a roadmap for the negotiation between government and UTAC has been agreed. Mm. The employer has committed to improving the conditions of service of UTAC members mm. and negotiations will commence in earnest and be completed within the agreed period and the mm. outcome communicated to members. Following this, mm. UTAC members are kindly informed of the decision of NEC to temporarily suspend our strike for the stated period and to engage with government. Meanwhile, the legal processes on the legality or otherwise of our strike action pending before the court will continue to its logical conclusion. The NEC counts on the support of all members as we mm. work to secure improved conditions of service for the so teacher. So, a roadmap for the what? negotiation for the negotiation between government and UTAG. And then it also said the employer has committed to improving mm, that, the conditions enough. of service of UTAG. So why are UTAG individual members disagreeing? So is it that they don't trust their leadership or they yeah. want the roadmap to end? I, I don't know. Well, yesterday I engaged a couple of mm-hmm. um, people on the UTAG front, mm-hmm. like individual lecturers. Just to try and understand Just to try and understand, especially after the outcome of the UG vote was made public. So I reached out to a couple of friends of mine who mm-hmm. are in that space. And they were like, look, the employer has not shown good faith at any point mm. that they have engaged the employer since the, these conversations started. Mm. And so they, they, they basically, it's just the breakdown of trust. They don't feel that the situation is different. They are not confident that the situation is different in spite of the assurances that they have been given that, look, this time, we will try and do better than hmm. we have. So that is what informed that overwhelming vote we saw. But that, but that also suggests that the NEC position is interesting. Because NEC's statement was very clear. A roadmap has been agreed and the employer has committed. Mm-hmm. I mean, how clear can you be? So, mm. pff, I, I don't know. This is interesting. I'm told that they will, this is still not conclusive because yeah. they will have to have other campuses vote. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then, so we'll see how it goes. Yeah, I guess that I guess that's how democracy works. So we have to allow the process to go through. We do. You know? is a very obviously influential institution. Yes, you know, I mean, and, and, and the le- le- and see the thing about Legon is that then if you look, I don't know if you have the Legon statement, the number of people who voted against that's the thing that tells me that the people they are not joking because it's, it wasn't like 50 50 view, it was almost seven to whatever three. Mm-hmm. You know, that that is serious. Very. You know, and so if you're a legal student, what will you be doing at this point? Keeping your fingers crossed. Yeah, but you know, I I don't know, I I, I don't know. It, it's 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 serious. It's it's very very serious. It's very very serious. Mm. It's very very serious. So we will keep an eye on this. We will be on other campuses to see how the voting goes, and then we'll keep you updated on this as well. All right, so it's uh, four minutes to eight. Uh, we'll talk briefly about Ukraine, but also to tell you more about our event on Friday, why we're doing it, why it's important. The past two weeks have been very, very eventful as far as media work is concerned. There have been arrests of a number of journalists and media practitioners or even political people on the basis of Article uh, Sections 207 and 208 of the Criminal and Other Offences Act. And there's quite a number of people who feel that it's um, time we had a bigger discussion about it. So we're having that program tomorrow. If you want to be on the show, just send us a WhatsApp 
0549986996 is live from Alisa strictly by invitation if you want to be there let's know we'll send you a whatsapp invite but the zenith love month is on mm. till the 28th of february mm-hmm. each week till the end of february customers who spend a thousand cities or more with their zenith visa cards will be rewarded with zenith love amps and at the end of the promo the ultimate prizes of a weekend stay for two at the plus labadi beach hotel in accra or dinner for two at the luxurious kempinski gold coast hotel in accra or a good time spa package at Niobe spa shopping and also shopping vouchers worth thousands of cds from shoprite game and malcolm so grab a zenith visa prepaid or debit card and start spending now don't have a card simply visit any branch of zenith open a current or savings account or an aspire student account get your instantly issued zenith visa card the promo is uh, on and it's open to tertiary students and the general public as well follow us on instagram facebook twitter and linkedin zenith bank in your best interest And whether you're keeping tabs on family on the go, staying busy with back-to-back online meetings, downloading all your favorite movies, or doing whatever you need data to do, the Surfline one-year bundle gives you a feeling of not worrying that something's going to run out. You can enjoy 12 months data connection for every 11 months purchase with a device backup and a dedicated VIP manager to assist in all your needs. Visit surfline.com.gh or actually surflinegh.com or dial star 718 star 77 has to sign up now. Surfline better together. All right, a minute to eight o'clock. We'll bring you tech and social media trends shortly. And then we'll come up with more interesting angles to running stories. The other point is why is Alban Babin so angry? Well, Speaker of Parliament is really, really upset with lots of things in Parliament, not least the behaviour of his first deputy. responsible for finance come before the house with whether it's modified revised amended or reenacted statement of the budget with those modifications concessions amendments specifically speaker is not happy saying a lot of things we'll try and get into the mind Mm. of we call him number three yeah Number one is the president, number two is the vice, number three is the speaker. It must be in a very difficult position, uh, running a very divided parliament and having his own health challenges. And so he's a bit prickly these days. We're we'll trying to get what's going on. But it's time to have Daniel Cranting stuck on social media trends. It's brought to us by Vodafone. Daniel Cranting is here. 
Bernard. Good morning. Yeah, you were right. Bagbin is in the trends. Giddy, 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 giddy. Yesterday, he really vexed. Let me guess the trends. Liverpool will be trending. Salah will be trending. Klopp will be trending. Premier League doesn't trend on Champions League nights. Police. Police. People are playing in the Champions League. Everybody beats Leeds. Everybody has done something. This is a straight up haters move, man. No, it's true. It's the rival. This. Come it's factus, and I understand why you upset Koki. Why am I upset? I'm not upset. So I, I'm sure, I'm sure, I'm sure the man you langa langa ilanga is trending. Do you understand? You're yes. happy, ilanga. <laughs> that is trending. You even make it into a self substitute table. I don't care. It's shut to Monaco. We don't care. Ilanga. Anti this, anti. I mean ilanga. I'm not disappointed. My night. Is now your best player, ilanga. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I hear you. <laughs> the guy has called you go, you say, you literally, no, 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 we are happy. It's we are happy with Ilanga. We are happy. We are not happy with him, we are happy with the results. He's the best player. <laughs> <laughs> you let me move on and go away. Come, you are giving me pressure. <laughs> okay, let's start again. Now, your grant is here, we're taking social media trends. Take it up. Hi, good morning, Bernard. Morning, um, Speaker of Parliament, Avang Babin is in the trends yesterday. He was very, very angry. Um... First of all, with uh, Joe Oseusu, um, and then the rest of the MPs, he made a couple of statements. Um, he said overruling his rulings an illegal offence. He doesn't like that. He said uh, the MPs are becoming very disrespectful. He said um, they make him sick. Yeah, he was on a crazy rant yesterday. It wasn't easy. The videos are all over social media. Um, also in the trends is uh, Putin and Russia. It's actually very up there mm -hmm. uh, in the trends with Ukraine. Mm -hmm. um, Russia, they started a special military operation in Ukraine earlier mm -hmm. today. Mm -hmm. um, Putin, that's the Russian president, he said the goal is to demilitarize um, Ukraine and not occupy the country. I wonder what that means. Um, there have been reports of large explosions near um, Kharkov, mm -hmm. that's Ukraine's uh, second largest city, mm. and also blasts reported in the capital in mm. Kiev. Yeah. Um, so that is... Uh, on, my, on my timeline, World War Three is trending, mm -hmm. which is related to this. A lot of people feel this could be that. We pray it doesn't get there. We really mm -hmm. pray it doesn't get there. It's very scary. Mm. Um, also in the trends is Kelvin Boy. Yeah, um, yeah Ghanaian musician. Uh, just released a new track. That's really a banger. Um, Hold on, before you go. So Putin on my on my timeline, 2.12 million tweets on Putin. Mm -hmm. Trump, 1.3 million tweets on Trump. Yeah. Why is Trump trending? So Trump is trending because they are saying if Trump was the president this would thing would and also, no, but his comments you know he went what, to what Fox News basically speaking in favor of Putin are you kidding me yes he says what oh let me pull it up for you Trump he's, is he's been trending because of that and people are saying he's, ah, he's guys, saying is he, is he really Putin is right you know what's going on in the world yeah I'll pull it up. He was on Fox News giving an interview. Seriously? I'm not sure if he That's fully understood the ramifications <laughs> of, his of his utterances. Okay, so, so all those things are trending together. Trending together. And it's, it's, it's up there. I think the first five, yeah. Are mostly five related to... By that. Mm, okay. um, Kevin Boy is also in the trends. Mm -hmm. uh, yesterday, Adeta Circuit Court granted him 200,000 Ghana CD bill. Mm -hmm. um, after he was remanded uh, mm. in police custody for allegedly assaulting a lady, um, he said that's his ex-girlfriend or his baby mama. Mm. He's accused of stamping her, hitting her ribs with an iron rod. Hey! Yeah, it's not, it's not easy. What's wrong with him? It's not easy. Um, also in the trends, and this is a video, it's, it's, it's blew up from last night. Um, Apia Stadium. Mm -hmm. uh, he's a popular NDC serial caller. Mm -hmm. um, he was captured in a video um, confronting the former chairman of the National Peace 
uh, council, most reverend Emmanuel Asante, mm-hmm. uh, was at a funeral ground. So he approached him um, nicely, they exchanged uh, uh, pleasantries. And he asked um, the most reverend why he's quiet on national issues as compared to Mohammed's time. Then um, most reverend uh, replied that uh, at that time he was the chairman of the National Peace Council, so he was speaking in that capacity. Now mm-hmm. he's not, mm-hmm. so he can't just um, talk um, without permission. Then a PR stadium says, Are you sure you are not a hypocrite? And then it starts oh. uh, becoming a back and forth. He says, it, He's uh, not a hypocrite. At whose funeral? I, that's <laughs> I, I don't know, but it was a funeral ground. And then uh, the council back and forth. And somebody and captured the whole thing. You can tell it was planned because it's like he went with this. And when he finished, then he did the monologue and then. When um, the most reverend left the scene, he did the monologue and said, ah, you see, and then oh, he ended the video. <laughs> um, quite unfortunate. Yeah, so it's trending on social media. Also in the trends is Kotoko and Access Bank. Um, mm-hmm. Yesterday, uh, Access Bank, who are now Kotoko's new partners, mm-hmm. um, they g- gave the club a new 36-seater Marco Polo Volvo a biosafe executive coach mm-hmm. says the first in Ghana. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so it's trending because of that. Um, Langa Langa Ilanga Anthony is also in the trends. You see, this is even not fair because <laughs> the Langa guy, his trend is only 40,000. Even Sadio Mani has more people talking about him than that your Langa thing. So oh. I won't allow you to go on. Is Ilanga in the trends? He's in like number 17. But he's there. <laughs> we, are, we are rigging the trend. <laughs> So on that basis, I've sacked him. Bye bye. <laughs> this is the City Breakfast Show, the city's biggest conversation. Unleashing the power of relevant radio. This is City ninety-seven point three. Still happening. 
The Marshal Department, get ready. I'll be compelled to get the Marshal to get people arrested and sent out. You are saying, hey, Parliament is not a place for joking. It's a place for business, serious national business. The Parliament we are in has not been in Ghana, even Gold Coast. This is a different type of Parliament. We might be prepared to change, to accept the decision of the people and work together to get people arrested and sent out. You are saying, hey, Parliament is not a place for joking. It's a place for business, serious national business. The Parliament we are in has not been in Ghana, even Gold Coast. This is a different type of Parliament. We might be prepared to change, to accept the decision of the people and work together you make me sick. Will you shut up? You rule out of order in the house. All right, so later I'll try and uh, get to the bottom of why Bagwin is so angry. The uh, Speaker of Parliament seems very upset. He's changed. I can understand. The, can you? Yes, I can understand. What, what's, what's happening to him? What's happening with, with Parliament? Well, um, I think, first of all, the first part of um, him being upset had to do with his clashes with his deputy, uh-huh. you know, um, Joe Weiss, and what he sees as perhaps he's being undermined publicly. Mm-hmm. You know, because according to the lesson to yesterday, he said he had even met with Joe Weiss before he, uh, he Joe Weiss, had left mm-hmm. and told him that this is uh, my position on the matter. Mm-hmm. And it's interesting how this new parliament that we have has thrown up these gray areas that we might have to clarify now. Mm-hmm. And we've been told that March 9, we are going to have one such clarification whether even mm-hmm. a, a deputy speaker can vote and we've we've also had that conversation about whether the deputy speaker can overturn mm-hmm. the ruling of the speaker um so called so uh, i can understand how he feels like he has a hostile deputy mm. sort of mm. and then you can also understand where perhaps joe is also coming from but the thing is this there is the speaker yes. but is it not also true that he's been making a lot of statements these days which some people find a bit out of turn so for example he says i am number three i can yes deal. like he's almost like trying to reassert his authority by making statements about the position previous speakers have not had to do that and yeah. i don't know whether it's because of the pressure he's getting from the divided parliament yes of course of but that means he's been rattled you see for it's for somebody of his experience Look, I'm not saying you should take it in his stride, but if you have him having to sound frustrated and almost 
um, snapping at people. He's he, you know, and you know, anger is always a secondary mm. emotion. Yeah. Do you understand? So it's like there's something eating him up, and he can't sort of do anything about it. So yeah. And I don't, so I don't think it's just a Joe Wise issue. No, it's not just that, but it's also he. If you listen to him carefully yesterday, he spoke about the need for everybody to rearrange their minds to the parliaments that they are in, and the fact that they need to work closely together and mm. move. If you talk to Duke, and he will join us sooner. That is our parliamentary correspondent. Mm. He will perhaps explain to you the sense of frustration coming from. Mm. Basically, they feel hamstrung. Work is not progressing as it should in Parliament mm. at the moment. And I, I, I get if you follow the news about since he since he came back from his review, mm-hmm. there are times when he's shown up in Parliament knowing that I'm supposed to do A, B, C, D. Mm-hmm. And by the time he, and by the time spends he like three hours, he spends three three hours, it doesn't happen. There's nothing. It doesn't look like they want it to happen. So he's just there. You know. So is it the E-Levy? Maybe when do you come? So is it yeah. E-Levy that's frustrating everything? We don't know. Because it seems as if because of the numbers issue, yes. they are not bringing the E-Levy. But I'm thinking there are other there things, are other things that need to be done. You know, so if he feels this frustrated, we, we don't know. So there are two things I just want to bring you quickly. So whilst the parliament situation is a bit of a limbo, the use tax situation is also not very clear. Because, um, so what we know is that Lutag Legon voted against the association's decision to suspend the strike. Now, in yesterday's referendum, 596 members voted to reject UTAG's uh, uh, neck decision to suspend the strike. Only 127 voted in support of the suspension. This is serious. Right? Now, this decision follows the UEW decision, which also voted against the neck decision. Right? Now, let's go to the Ashanti region. The KNUST branch of UTAC says its members will be returning to the lecture halls from today, Thursday, the 24th of February. Management and students of tech want relevant stakeholders to put pressure, to put measures in place to fully address the matter. Here's Fatih Aminu Ibrahim's report from KNUST. Barely a day after the National Executive Committee of UTAG announced the suspension of the strike, which lasted for over six weeks, the management of KNUST issued a statement indicating that lectures will resume on Thursday, 24th February, 2022. The management of the university says its directive for students and lecturers to return to the classroom is to help make up for the lost contact hours within the two-week period of the strike's suspension. According to the management, it warns provost of various colleges to develop a module on how best students will be able to recover the lost contact hours. Dr. Daniel Norris Berkoy is the University Relations Officer of KNUSC. What we, we just want to do is to make sure that if there is any opportunity for us to engage the students, who are on campus and have been idle for a long time, we should do so. Uh, we, the communication has gone and it is for both lecturers and students. And we are still, management is still consulting with um, the various colleges, provosts, to come up with different modalities or formula to make up for the time that we have lost. If that happens, there will be an executive meeting on Monday to try and firm up the dates. And then there will be an emergency academic board meeting 
to rectify whatever proposal will come from the colleges. Speaking City News, the KNUST UTAG Vice President, Dr. Eric Kwabnache Abavari, says the government has a two-week window to address their concerns as they resume the strike if that is not done. For KNUST, we have formally, I mean, local branch has formally written to management the decision of the NEC to temporarily suspend the um, the strike. I've also cited letter from them asking our members to return to the classroom on Thursday. And so, well, if the student will be there, our members will be there to teach. And this only applies to KNUST. Some students on the KNUST campus who spoke to City News have urged stakeholders to find a lasting solution to the impasse. I was actually thinking they were going to delay a bit so that uh, the government will provide the need or um, what they are requesting for. Because I, I think they also have a say when it comes to what um, they want and how it should be done. Since they are, should I say, they make up um, the ones who build the country. Because if somebody is going to be a nurse, the person has to go through the teacher. If anybody is going to be the president, the person has to go through the teacher. So I think um, they are neat and then they are whatever they want should be given to them. Looking at the whole situation, I think the government and UTAG has to put in place um, some measures, I think permanent measures to, to stop this back and forth strike. And if that is done, it would, it would um, give a lot of benefit to students and both the lecture. Authorities at KNUST are also urging all relevant stakeholders to ask a matter of agency address the issue once and for all. We would want to appeal to all stakeholders in this matter to negotiate with all sincerity so that we, we, we will put this issue to rest. Although lecturers are expected to return to the classrooms on Thursday, 24th February, students are concerned about what will happen after the two weeks period if the matter is not fully addressed. From KNUST, I am Fatih Amini Ibrahim for City News. So that's the tech situation, which is um, pretty confusing. Uh, I'll take you to UDS shortly because, I, you know, it, it's... I'll, I'll, let me just do two things before I go up there. Then I'll go to UDS as well. So, All right, let's talk about GHQR. And have you had your GHQR experience? The GHQR Experience Fair moves to the Osu Oxford Street from 4th to 6th March 2022. Come and experience the convenience that comes with making payments with GHQR. There'll be music, fun, and giveaways. And your financial institution will also be available to reward you for making payments with GHQR. Institutions on GHQR are banks, MTN Momo, G Money, Vodafone Cash, Airtel Tigo Money, Hubtel, and People's Pay. And have you tried the new Nutriday yogurt, Benedino? Have you tried it? Yes, I have. It's pretty nice, isn't it? It's lovely. It is. It's good stuff, right? Mm. And it's also delicious and nutritious. It's Ghana's newest yogurt from Fan Milk. Enjoy the good nutrition and great taste of Nutriday yogurt with zinc, vitamin A, B6, B12, and try it today. Get it from your nearest fuel station, supermarket, or neighborhood store. Nutriday, strong every day. 
And if you're in search of a tech or ICT-related job, from web designing, digital marketing to programming, the Tech Job Fair 2022 is attracting HR professionals looking to fill such vacancies in their organizations. Make your way to the Tech Job Fair 2022 and secure employment with some of the biggest corporations in Ghana's digital economy. Now, the guest speaker is the Chief Human Resource Officer of MTN Ghana. It's at the Accra International Conference Center on Thursday, that's today, 24th February 2022, from 9 a.m. to 4 p.m. Go to techjobfairghana.com and register for free. This is being organized by the Institute of ICT Professionals Ghana and sponsored by AFOS Foundation under the auspices of the German Federal Ministry for Economic Cooperation and Development, or GIZ. The event will also be live on CDFM today from 10 a.m. right after the City Breakfast Show. All right, let me take you to the UDS, the management of that university has set February the 28th as the resumption date for academic activities. Now, even though the UDS-UTAC chapter is yet to officially vote on the decision by the NEC, they say they are ready to return to the classroom for the time being. A visit to the University for Development Studies campus saw almost empty campus since most students had gone home due to the months-long strike action by UTAC. However, with the new development, Students are expected back on campus to begin academic work. A few students who are still on campus and spoke to City News said, Life in school is boring, especially for first-year students, and are therefore happy about the suspension of the strike. If they have called off the strike, I'm happy. Because I want to know why I am here. I have come here, I have come here to learn. But it's like I always come to, uh, to here, I always come here and go back home, nothing. Just eating, sleeping, coming here, uh, it's just like that. Ever since that I came here, I've been always been hoping for it. So when I go to start lectures, like I've not started to feel school yet, you see. So when I heard of this news, I was like, oh wow. Finally, what I have anticipated for, it seems yeah, like it has come to pass. Yeah, so. For me, I'm happy with it. Fine out there. I heard that masters was on strike because of that we're not going to school. We're living at home. Being, some of us, we are doing nothing. But some of us, we make sure that we are trying to do something small, small, which will help us to gain something to go back to school when, when masters are back. Now, when I come, I heard this morning, that was this morning, I heard that the lectures are back on campus. So I came to find out whether they are really back or not. But when I came, I see, I see nothing showing that lectures are in. The school's management issued a circular indicating that academic work will resume on February 28. Utah UDS chapter says it is ready to return to class and called on the government to meet the group's demands within the stated two-week period. Here is the vice president for Utah UDS chapter, Professor Victor Mogri, speaking to City News. Our stand is that uh, in the meantime, academic work can actually begin while we are actually taking all those other processes so that until that time a decision is actually made. But in the meantime, what we are also telling government is that government should use this opportunity because our suspension is more or less like a window that we have actually given to government. So that so governments will use this opportunity within this period, that is what the two-week period, is to use that particular time.
to be able to meet us, to be able to engage us, to be able to negotiate with us. From the UDS campus here in Tamale, my name is Daina Ngwan, reporting for City News. Hmm, so two critical votes to happen, tech and UDS to decide. It, it, so it, the thing is, I think it's a bit clear now, the university is preparing itself to reopen, and uh, but it's still predicated upon what the UTAC decides. The locals. What the UTAC local does. So, well, if I was to, I'll probably wait till the vote is done. Yeah. You know. But the tech one is a bit confusing very, for me. Very, 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 Because very. the same... Uh, UTAC vice president. UTAC vice president, the KNUST chapter, uh, KNUST chapter, Dr. Eric Abavare, is quoted this morning mm -hmm. as being saying that they will stop teaching if the general membership of UTAC votes against the association's national executive yes, committee's decision. because I have a notice of an emergency meeting from Tech. At the Great Hall. Dear colleagues, you are invited to an emergency meeting Friday, 25th February, 2022, yes. 9am Great Hall. Agenda. Update on next meeting and court proceedings. Thank you. Yes, Antoine, say Secretary UTAC here in UST. Mm. So I'm told that they will meet tomorrow mm -hmm. to decide. Yes. So why, this, so why is the school saying they are reopening? They should come back to school today. No, because the school responded to the suspension notice as it is want but they should know that the UTAC has to decide whether they will teach before you no but UTAC had decided no but UTAC has to decide on a UTAC campus level neck. yeah but UTAC neck doesn't speak for every campus yes from the understanding we have about how UTAC operates UTAC next makes a decision it has to be ratified by the campuses yes and which is the process that is ongoing now so the announcement that they are coming back to school on 24th is needless you understand? Yeah. Why are you come back on 24th to do what? When they are coming to vote on 26th mm. or 25th. So, I don't know. Anyway, we'll talk to a couple of people. We also have some uh, people in Ukraine. Ukraine we'll be speaking to. Mm. So, so many things happening. We are doing Parliament. We are doing Utah. We are doing Ukraine. All within the same show. Let's bring you your money. It's brought to you by Carl Bank. It's 8.31. And it's a Thursday edition. We will bring us quickly into that idea. Yeah, mm. all of us mm. in this room have bank accounts, I would assume. This would be a good time to check out the accounts you have and see if there's an option that has less or no fees and that gives you better value for your money and your investment in that bank. Look, shop around. There are so many banks that you can bank with, some of whom will make it more worth, yeah, more worth what your while to bank with them, right? Mm. So again, it's still the beginning of the year. January, if we're getting to the end of February, if you haven't already figured out how to manage your money better in mm -hmm. 2022, this is a good time to do that, starting with where you keep your money. Mm. That was your money. Join the conversation on the City Breakfast Show on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash city97.3, Twitter at twitter.com forward slash city973, and Instagram at instagram.com forward slash city973 with the hashtag CityCBS. Ah, ah, show I know. She's on. No, what's up, my bonnet? Come, you could think it out. So, for young call. 
Ladies and gentlemen, this is your pastor Donzi, and I bring you greetings from the Church of Christ. Lord, we thank you for goodness. We thank you for mercies and for giving us beyond what we deserve. We thank you for goodness. We thank you for mercies and for giving us beyond what we deserve. But as we stand before you, strengthen our heart and light our path like a beam. beam. God, we pray for Ghana, just as we paid for Israel. Make us great and strong. We need strong leaders to build a nation to help us solve the problems we face. Psalm 33 verse 12. Blessed is the nation whose God is the Lord. So, Christ-like in your neighbor. I said, be Christ-like in your neighbor. I remember back in Germany. I saw your member was only doing with Germany in US, somewhere in Jersey. Beautiful. I've been to Somalia. You can't. All right, so it's uh, 8:35 on the City Breakfast Show. Multiple issues being discussed. Just stay with us. We started with Parliament. We'll go back there shortly. Also talking about strikes on campuses, UTAG, various campuses meeting. The other issue I wanted to bring quickly, uh, you have to scratch with, was you nukes. Nukes is asking government to ensure that Ghanaian students in Ukraine and Russia are safe. And that was in a statement they sent yesterday because of the situation in Ukraine. In fact, the situation has degenerated. As of this morning, Russia had started airstrikes against Ukraine. So I have on the line a Ghanaian student. He is the president of the nukes of Ukraine, Philip Bobier Ansa, to join me to t- tell us a few things about what's going on in Ukraine. Uh, Mr. President, Philip, thanks for joining us on CTFM. Good morning. Good morning to you. Thanks for having me. Great. hope you are safe. How are you doing? I'm, I'm, I'm managing. I'm, I'm fine. Thank you. Are you in, UK- in Kiev or w- which part of Ukraine are you at? Um, I'm in central Ukraine, uh, Venetia, which is like three hours from Kiev. How many Ghanaian students do you have in Ukraine? Uh, okay, on record, we have 959 students, uh, students over here. But uh, I also estimate uh, like 1,200 students because, of course, not every student is registered with us. And, but not we should, our focus shouldn't be just the student. There are also other Ghanaians around who are non-students. 
So in total, I'll say we have about 1,000 uh, citizens, Ghanaian citizens here in uh, at the moment. Where are they scattered at? In terms of which universities are they in Kiev? Are they in the place you are, Donetsk? Or do you have a sense of the distribution of the Ghanaians in Ukraine? Absolutely, absolutely. So uh, with, with, with the data that we have, uh, it shows that most of our students are, uh, are predominant in Kharkov and Kiev. And, and coincidentally, these are also the two main cities uh, that have been mainly targeted uh, by Russian missiles and all of that. So those are where we have them populated. Uh, I mean, Ghanaians, that is where we have them. So what is happening in Ukraine as we speak? Because we heard in the news that... Um, there have strikes have begun. We heard that in the early hours of today. What is actually going on? Okay, so uh, this morning we all woke up to that news, and then we checked the news. And what I, I what what the consolation here is that uh, although Russia uh, began the airstrikes and all of that, but their issue is that uh, the statement they made they said they said they are targeting just military bases in Ukraine now. So I can confirm to you that although I'm not in eastern Ukraine, I'm in the central part of Ukraine, uh, which geographically I shouldn't be that bothered, but I heard an explosion about uh, four, three hours ago this morning. And then uh, my school or my university came to make a statement uh, that that uh, explosion we heard across the city was actually a military base uh, here in our city that uh, the Russians targeted. So now they are not actually targeting civilian infrastructure. That one, I can assure you, my correspondents uh, across the uh, the cities of Ukraine, they've told me that that's what they've also seen. Uh, but if this, they've seen explosions here and there, so of course that will raise uh, tensions and panic and all of that. So people are anxious, uh, the students are anxious, they are panicking, and they, they are really, I mean, they don't know what to do. So they call for answers, but we don't have them yet. So the Russians have said they are targeting only military bases. Initially, the target is parts of eastern Ukraine, which does not necessarily have a lot of Ghanaians. Do you know if there are any Ghanaians in the Donetsk or the other area of Ukraine, which is very close to Russia in the east? The cities in question are Donetsk and Luhansk. As of now, the data we have, we do not have any students over there. But that is the, according to the data that we have. But we also went uh, on the ground to find out if indeed uh, some students may be there or any other uh, Ghanaian nationals may be there that we may not have an idea of, but uh, we got uh, negative answers. We, as it stands now, we do not have any Ghanaians, to my knowledge, we do not have any Ghanaians uh, in that region. Is there a Ghanaian embassy in Ukraine? Are you in touch with them if there is? We don't have an embassy here in Ukraine. Ghana doesn't have an embassy in Ukraine. We deal with uh, Switzerland. We are under their jurisdiction. Have you heard from the rep in Switzerland since the hostilities began? Yes, absolutely. So uh, the first statement I made, which was about a month ago, that is when I started to collect the data of Ghanaians in case anything unforeseen circumstances like we find ourselves in now happen. So that data that we had, we sent straight to the embassy for them to also send to the ministry so, so that in case something happens, they, they will know the number to deal with. So we didn't hear anything from the embassy. Uh, we got in touch, I got in touch in to find out about uh, any progress, but that's so they've not heard anything from the embassy. So as I sent another letter to that effect, uh, still requesting for a response from the embassy, but they said until they hear 
a directive from the ministry. They cannot respond to us. I had a personal call with the consular uh, at Switzerland, at the embassy, and that is the message that he made clear to me. So, and since this morning, as we are speaking now, uh, my vice president has got in touch with him. He's still saying he has still not gotten any directive from the ministry to act on. So that is the situation. Based on your reading of what hap what's happening in, in Ukraine, what is your petition to the ambassador? What are you advising? Are you asking that you be moved? Are you saying you need a relocation? What What is, if you can share the details of what you propose to the ambassador with us? Yeah, so I think that has been our, our message from the, uh, since the hostility uh, began. We wanted to hear something from the government on the way forward uh, because we realized that uh, certain embassies here in Ukraine, like the India embassy, Nigeria, they all started advising their students to leave. Uh, we were expecting something similar. That never came. So I think we are far away from uh, option now. So the best option for my friends uh, over here now is to get us to safety. That means evacuation. Now, the issue is uh, this morning, as the, uh, as the strikes began, uh, Ukraine also closed its airspace. They grounded all flights. Uh, flights were canceled. Uh, my friends who were traveling to India, they've all been, uh, those flights have been canceled. So now, I don't, even if there's a form of evacuation, that has to be kind of a bilateral, I mean, agreement with all parties involved to make sure that happens. And that is our only option now. I don't see any other option. Uh, apart from that, the only thing we are doing here to make sure we are all safe now is continually encouraging our people to remain in the indoors, remain home, try to get uh, as much as uh, food uh, they can get, water and all of that, and then let's wait to hear uh, what the government to say. We've also sent out uh, bomb shelters, uh, locations of bomb shelters that we can find ourselves in case the situation still escalates, uh -huh, and then maybe they start attacking civilian infrastructure. Uh, we can find accommodation uh, in those places. But now what we are trying to ask government is for them to come to our aid. Whichever means possible, I mean, we have to leave this land now. And I think we can do it by ourselves now since the airspace is closed. It, is it possible to live by land? I'm seeing, I'm looking at a map of Ukraine. Ukraine is bordered by Belarus, Poland, Romania, Slovakia, Hungary. And I, yeah, in Moldova, is it, it based on your knowledge of the way the country works and what the situation is in the east? Would leaving by say train or road be a possibility? Uh, as far as I know, now trains aren't working, uh, it has to be by automobile. Uh, and as it stands now, even my city now, uh, they block uh, roads so no uh, cars can move in and out unless. There are checkpoints, so maybe they will clear you to go when they realize that you have the right documents, you can leave the cities. Uh, so with, 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 with us uh, using land to go to other uh, neighboring countries, uh, recently, uh, before this whole thing uh, started, about three weeks ago, I think Estonia uh, announced that it will be ready to receive Ukrainian citizens uh, in asylum. Uh, as, I mean, yeah, something like that. But I think for something like that to be done, in Ukraine here, if you want to travel to the neighboring cities, uh, the neighboring countries, you will need a visa. Uh, so even if you are traveling by land, they will you get to the checkpoint, they will check your passport. If you don't have a visa, there is no way they will allow entry. So uh, even if that is possible, 
it means that then our government will also have to be established uh, that uh, negotiation, and they will also uh, aid us in, in, that, in that regard. So as it stands now, anyone who tries to leave to neighboring countries, to my knowledge, I don't think that will be possible now. I, uh, thank you for your, your patience. I have two more questions for you. I, how Are you in touch with the other citizens? Is there some sort of conversation? You've done such a great job getting the numbers through to the embassy and all of that. So how regularly do you communicate with these people? And apart from the student body, is there a community of Ghanaians generally in Ukraine? And are they in touch with each other? Yes, uh, there, there is a community for non-students, uh, actually. Uh, uh, they are, I mean, workers, uh, agents, Ghanaian agents who help to bring students over here. Some are also involved in their own businesses. So they also have a community, but we, the student body, do not have any, uh, any, uh, uh, any, I mean, jurisdiction over there. We do communicate uh, so, uh, somehow because of the situation that happened. Because when we release that letter, we released uh, for the whole uh, uh, nationality of Ghanaians. We didn't just target the student body. That was my first statement that I made on the situation. So we are in uh, constant communication. Uh, the honorary consul designate uh, is also here, and then we keep in touch. Uh, he mainly uh, is responsible for also uh, we the students and also the non-students, so he tries to bring all of us together. So we've been in touch. So we communicate uh, often. Fantastic. So now that you are live on air on CTFM in Accra, what message do you want to send to the government? Okay, so I think, yeah, so for now, uh, I'm sure they've all seen uh, the broadcast uh, across uh, the media, Western media and everything. They can see how Russia is attacking uh, Ukraine. So it means that it's not safe for anyone to uh, live in this country. So I'll plead with the government at this moment to come for its citizens. We wanted to establish that initially, but since we didn't get any response on any directive, now we are only left with this option. The government should try to establish some connections, some I mean, bilateral arrangements, uh, so that even if possible, uh, we can live either by land or by air, whichever means possible. The only issue is for our people to be, uh, in, 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 to be safe. So that is the only concern and only plea I'll make to the government. For, for them to put things in place, uh, measures in place for, for, for our people to be safe. Fantastic. Just before you go, I'm, I'm just curious. So in what language do you study in these universities in Ukraine? Are they English or have you had to learn the, the Ukrainian language to, to be able to study? There, there are options, but most of our, uh, the foreign students study in English, especially Ghanaians. But if you want to study in Ukrainian uh, language, you, you have the option to do so. You are mm. free to do so. But and, most of us study. And do you know generally the, the predominant subject area? Are these doctors? Is this nursing? Is it medicine? Medicine. medicine yes. So a lot of them are, are being trained to be doctors. Yes, absolutely. Is it true that the Ukrainian government has declared martial law and people are being taught how to shoot and things in preparation for, for the West? Uh, martial law hasn't been in, in, it hasn't been infected yet. What they declared yesterday was a state of emergency, but uh, they are still monitoring the situation. It's likely that uh, they, will, they will declare martial law. Yeah. And we know what that means. My question is: Are people being ready to join the fight? And is this something you have thought about? Because you guys are medical student trainees, <laughs> you probably will be needed. I mean, we pray it doesn't get there. But anybody with any basic medical knowledge in a situation like that may be even co-opted? Is this a fear you have genuinely? 
not not really. Uh, they, we are also trying to get information from the universities, and uh, they've not communicated anything of sort to us. But uh, I think a drastic. I mean, it's a common drastic measure. So if, if if we are on the alarm, so the government can decide anything. He can even put, uh, give us guns to. I mean. Uh, fight for his land. Anything can happen. We are not his citizens. Now, the statement about the statement of state of emergency was even mainly to protect its citizens, not the foreigners. So, yeah, it, now we can't really say for sure what, what can happen. But whatever happens, uh, we will keep you informed. Mm. And we, we also keep uh, updating our members as well. Stay safe. Thank you for talking to us. We'll also be praying for you and also asking the government to make a definite statement. Philip, thank you so much. For Thanks speaking to us. So, Philip Bobio Ansa is the president of Nukes in Ukraine. He joined us from, uh, I think he said, Cheskaya. Yes, which is um, central. central Ukraine. It's actually not too far from Kiev. Uh, a bit of geography. Ukraine is in the belly of Eastern Europe into Russia. So, essentially, the old USSR, Ukraine would have been one of the bordering states between the then USSR and Poland and Romania, Bulgaria. Ukraine is bordered by Belarus on the north, Poland to the west, Romania to the south, and Russia all around. The places of interest are Donetsk. Those of you who follow football, Shakhtar. Shakhtar, Donetsk is one of their good teams. There's also Luhansk. One areas of interest, I think you wrote about this previously, was Crimea which is a sort of disputed place between Russia and Ukraine. It's a Black Sea issue. So in terms of geopolitics, quickly, the whole, the whole reason why NATO has come up is that after the world, after the Cold after the, after the yeah, World War, yeah. there was then a Cold War. And essentially, if you look at the Axis powers, Japan, Russia, and Italy, well, uh, sorry, ja Japan, Japan, Russia, Germany. no, Japan, Germany, Japan, and Italy, Germany. and Italy. Uh, Russia initially was sort of uh, caught up in the war. After the war itself, then we had all these agreements. The UN started. Then from the 70s and 80s, there was what is called the Cold War, which really the world began to divide in two. Those who believed in planned economies, Russia being at the head, USSR being at the head of that, those who supposedly be be believed in a free market led by the U uh, US and then other OECD countries like Western Europe, so some countries were split in two. Germany was split. The West Germany went for the market. <laughs> East Germany was, was part of the planned economies. So then they also decided to collaborate on military terms. So on the West, they had the North Atlantic Treaty Organization with the U.S. being the lead there, France, Germany, U.K. and co. Then there's the Warsaw Pact. So Warsaw being the capital of Poland, Poland they signed a pact. So it's basically the... Uh, opposite of NATO, the the the, the antithesis or the, the sort of an opponent, led by Russia, USSR at the time. So countries like Romania, Bulgaria, Poland, and large parts of the Eastern Bloc, all in the Warsaw Pact. Significant developments. A lot of the countries in the Warsaw Pact have now joined NATO. Russia feels threatened not just by Ukraine, but by the whole idea of a lot of these former allies of it now joining the Warsaw Pact. The other problem is that Russia itself economically hasn't done that well. Since that it's based on the Soviet Union, Russia has become the biggest. Ukraine is the second largest, supposedly a younger brother of Russia. And then you need to also remember that I think a decade ago there was this election which led to the Orange Revolution where pro-Russian person was ousted for a pro-Western person. So this has been going on for a long time. 
Russia has decided to invade Godfrey. I'm just asking myself, who would have thought that in 2022 <laughs> there would be this type of blatant invasion? You said I should be careful. I shouldn't call it that because Russia is couching what it's doing in very careful legal terms. That won't hold, but it is what they are doing. So what are they saying? Why are they invading Ukraine? Well, so basically they are saying that they are there as peacekeepers. <laughs> are you serious? Yes. They are saying that they have been invited by Russian citizens who are dominant in, in those two areas, in Luhansk and uh, Donetsk, to come and maintain peace from invaders. So they are peacekeepers. So that's <laughs> Russia with about 700,000 passports over the past few I, I don't years understand. to Russian citizens there. So hold on. No. Are they saying that Donetsk and Luhansk are Russian territory? Is it Russian that ter- Ukraine has initiated aggressive moves against in two independent Russian states. Serious? Yes. So <laughs> So is Donetsk uh, so so is is a border these are so two these border are, these states. are these these are two states but, that Russia has one would say knowingly over the past two or so decades kept afloat. It's a uh, it's Russian dominated. It's kinda like what Crimea used to be. So physically it's Ukraine. It's Ukraine. But in terms but of people people, yes. You understand. So and they declared a certain level of autonomy from Ukraine. Themselves. Themselves. So then Russia, Russia has supported them. Yes. Russia has supported this actively with troops with resources over the years. But the Western world doesn't agree with no, Russia. No, 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 no. They no. believe that these, these are... are... Of course. Of course, it is quite clear on what this so, is. So, how... The, the question to ask is, mm-hmm. perhaps, the bigger question is, what is the end game? Yes, well, I, I'm coming there. So, I wanted to know first what the Western, force, Western people have said. So, US, UK, France, they all seem to be saying... They've visited Putin recently. Yeah. Asking not to, not to invade. Yeah, because the pretext under which he was trying to do this did not make sense international law does not support this i mean this is an old tactic we've seen this before <laughs> you know the creation of panama mm-hmm. by the united states when they are next part of colombia just because they wanted to build a canal japan has done this to china before manchuko so it's a, it's a, it's a trick that yeah, yeah, yeah. Powers, but when it suits them when it suits them you understand even britain has done this chagos islands Mm. Back then, when because the Chagos Islands were strategically placed, you know, for their navy, and mm. to date, basically every single international power has said Britain should return the Chagos Islands to who? Back to Mauritius. It's, it's property of Mauritius. So British did it. Americans did it. Panama. Everyone did, did it, it, but it hasn't been done in a very long time. It's just that Russia has been building up to this for a very long time. If if you go back to this, I I, I look at it and I say. Since like 2013-ish mm-hmm. is when Russia have been intimating that they are going to do this, mm. you know, and uh, here but we But what are. do they want to, do they, is there any resource in Luhansk and Donetsk? This has nothing to do with resources. So what, what, has, what do they want to do, to do with, with that? Resources. What this is, this is, this is a, this is a game of strategy. Okay. <clears throat> the, again, the way I see it, and mm. we are doing international relations here, so opinions will differ yeah. mm-hmm. on this. So... Let's, no, this let, is your perspective, yeah, this and, is my and pers- I respect your perspective. Yeah. So you tell me. I'm <laughs> sure Nathan has a different view. Yes, this is my my perspective mm. on what I think the matter is. So Russia finds itself. Russia is particularly annoyed by the expansion of NATO, mm. and um, like I mm. said, I think Russia 
got particularly upset from 2013 mm. when NATO indicated that it was going to welcome Ukraine and mm. Georgia. Now, if you would recall, a few months after that is when Georgia invaded South Ossetia. And you remember what happened. Russia intervened in that matter. Mm. Now, Russia has been perturbed. And I, I like the, the intro you did. It was quite thorough mm -hmm. by your discussion of the Warsaw Pact and all. Mm -hmm. What Russia basically has been perturbed by has been the erosion mm. of what we can call strategic death. Mm. Strategic death basically means the buffer that lies between Russia and its enemies. Mm -hmm. So Russia Cold War had a strategic alliance of buffer countries around mm -hmm. it. Mm -hmm. The end of the Cold War and the erosion of the Soviet Union meant that all those countries have disappeared and been absorbed into NATO. Mm. Bar Ukraine, right. which Russia has always considered part and of you know, its... Is worse. The, the fact that they even named their alliance the Warsaw Pact, Pact. and that Poland is yes. part of NATO, mm -hmm. that is almost like... You understand? Yeah. And they, basically what they have seen is the expansion mm. of NATO into mm. all its strategic areas, leaving Ukraine. So in 2013, when NATO indicated that Ukraine would be welcome, mm. although technically, I must say, Ukraine is very far away from, from getting accepted. From getting accepted mm -hmm. Because the kind of reforms that need to take place militarily, infrastructure-wise, Ukraine is nowhere close mm -hmm. to, doing, to being able to achieve that. But once Russia took note of that, that was the last minute because it means NATO is basically at its doorstep. Again, if you look at the way Russia views this, it's the same way. Why isn't Russia pushing NATO, pushing Ukraine? Because what you're, what they're doing, I just sorry to interrupt, but yeah. basically, if NATO made an overture to Ukraine, yeah. and Russia is showing aggression towards Ukraine, yeah. essentially you are telling Ukraine that you probably need to join NATO and join them quickly. Yes, but again, like I said, the process is it's long. long mm. It's not just Ukrainians about that. And hamstrung. I'm mm. trying to give perspective here mm. so that it doesn't look like, oh, what Russia is doing is the same way China responds to overtures Into. in Japan, in the South China Seas, or what America does when you try and do anything in Latin America. Mm. You understand? Mm. You are getting too close. Mm. So mm. All, everybody likes that kind of So the, this, is, this is geo... This is proper geopolitics. They, they don't yeah. want now, people they don't know close to them. Yes. And and quite frankly, if you look at what is happening around Russia, now quite a few of the countries, uh, they, have, they, have, they feel they have good cause to be concerned. Because if I look at the map right now, mm -hmm. you have U.S. rockets in Poland and Romania. Mm -hmm. Turkey has sold weapons, plenty of it, to Ukraine. <laughs> now... Mm -hmm. Okay, now the U.S. also carries out all kinds of activities in the Baltic area. Mm -hmm. So Russia, which is the dominant power or was supposed to be the dominant power, feels quite helpless. And then you bring in the personality of the person who has run Russia since 1999, mm. Vladimir Putin. Mm. He's a throwback, you know, and that's what the question about that. Why in 2022 do we have Russia going along this line? Well, it is because you have a throwback leader. Who feels when that? Throw back there, saying he, he started molded in the eighties. Yes, somebody who's man who believes in a lot of in the assertiveness, the, of, the old Soviet Union. Yes, in the assertiveness of Russia as a superpower, and unfortunately, if you look at the state of the world now, Russia cannot really be considered a superpower. It is strong, but it's now America and China's world. If I'm um, just to look at economic data, just give me a second. Mm. Let me just. Give you so Russia's economy. Russia's decline and, has yeah, been so Russia's defense budget, for instance, mm. is eight percent of the U.S.'s. Eight, it's just eight percent. 
Oh, wow. Never, uh, not, don't even mind NATO, which spends almost 20%, 20 times what Russia spends. Oh, Lord. You understand? Economically, the, its GDP is half of that of California. <laughs> the whole of Russia? Yes. Are you serious? Yeah. So it depends on exports of gas and oil. And then it's still struggling with sanctions from the West from the last time it misbehaved in Crimea. So there's been a tight squeeze. And just this morning, I was searching wow. Levada, which basically does polls on Russia, Ukraine, and all those things. And you see that Vladimir Putin's ratings have gone up. Mm. But some predict that it is for the short term because there isn't really an appetite for a long drawn-out war. And the reason why the economic numbers are also important is that then they look analysts, economic analysts look at it and say, how long can Russia keep this up? They don't have the money. I'm told the Western countries have decided to trigger a sort of a ban on buying Russian yes. gas. Ah, so more, econo- like more of the economic the squeeze. squeeze. The squeeze. So Russia's main export is gas. Yes, basically. And that gas. gas is purchased by Western countries. Yes. But, also, and, but I'm also China. But passes through Ukraine. Now, the, oh, not Lord. two. <laughs> yes, the only, that's the big problem mm-hmm. as well. Mm-hmm. Now, the main pipeline for Russia to get its gas to Western Europe, especially Germany, passes through Ukraine. Now, they are trying to do the Nord 2, which bypasses Ukraine, Ukraine which is the a significant financial investment. But that is, and that is the one that the U.S. and the Germany, uh, so I said the Germany, yeah. U.S. and Germany are looking to hit hard by mm. saying, well, then we won't give you permits to do this. And I think Germany have already spoken on that matter. Does so, Russia have a, a line to China? Because I, I know China also needs a lot of gas. Yes. So, and the, the, the analysis I had this morning suggested that the easiest way for this to end is if China said, I'm not going to buy gas from Russia or I don't support your war, be then Russia will be in a difficult position. But they do not think China will say that. Yes, it will be interesting because we do know that China is quite clear on its position on invasions. It doesn't support them. Yes, China traditionally. But does that mean it will but, interfere in somebody's but, invasion? But, but China is also very specific about its language. So mm. it will be interesting to see where China goes on this. I doubt they will go against Putin's position yeah, on this, doesn't seem on like this particular matter. Which means they will continue to do business with, with Russia. To a, which could to where, where, where they can. Where they can. Where they can. Long, long you understand? So... This is um, quite interesting. Like I said, this will depend on the appetite. At the moment, Putin's ratings as, at this morning were 69%. They are up mm. uh, quite sick. So he will be very happy. Russians are happy that mm. he's doing So this. let me flip this and yeah. come to uh, Kukui. What has Trump been saying? I know you, you monitor the US media a bit. So I, I was fascinated that in the conversation, in the trends, yes, Putin is trending. Yes, Biden is trending. But Trump started trending. I initially thought he was trending because people were wondering what whether this would have happened under a Trump government. But that's, that's not part of it. Yeah, but apparently he's trending also for saying certain things. Yes. So I'm going to read for you what the Washington Post has kind of um, banded together comments from not just Trump, but other right-leaning political figures, right? So Trump and his supporters praise Putin and dismiss Biden as crisis unfolds. So as the United States seeks to rally its allies and impose tough penalties for Russia's aggression toward Ukraine, a vocal group of Republicans and right-leaning commentators is expressing praise and admiration for the president's strength and shrewdness. President Vladimir Putin, that is. Now, while most congressional Republicans back Biden's tough line against Moscow, and that's important, 
important to note mm-hmm. that this isn't like a you know, whole still kind of Republican for Putin thing. No, most congressional congressional Republicans are actually with the U.S. President Biden now. But Donald Trump and other conservative media figures say that Putin should be left alone or even congratulated by Americans. So he complimented Putin on Tuesday. <laughs> yes, saying that Sorry, it was a Donald Trump this week. This week, so complimented. Putin, Putin on this move. He said it was a, quote, smart move by the Russian president to send, quote, the strongest peace force I've ever seen to the Ukraine border. Because remember, Putin is claiming that this is just peacekeeping. The people say they just need some support to maintain oh, the Lord. peace. And that's why I've sent my troops there. I have, I, there's no war language in anything he's saying. He says it's for peacekeeping. So Trump is saying this is the strongest peace force I've ever seen. And, quote, this is genius. Now, and this was an interview. This, yes, conservative talk, talk radio interview. He was t- speaking from his favorite place, Mar-a-Lago Resort. <laughs> after playing e- golf, After playing golf, probably. Echoing his past praise of the Russian president. He said, Putin declares a big portion of the Ukraine as independent. That's wonderful. He used the word independent, and we're going to go out, we're going to go in, and we're going to help keep peace. You've got to say, that's pretty savvy. Did the journalist follow uh, up with a question? Well, this, again, this is a, a, this this is a, a clip. Not, this is a, just a clip. Now, not only the president we also know that conservative commentator candace owens people have their feelings about her but she has also been tweeting in support of basically what trump is saying and she suggests i i say every american who wants to know what's actually going on in russia and ukraine should read a transcript of putin's address on this as i said as i've said for months nato under direction from the united states is violating previous agreements and expanding eastward we are at fault for this invasion she's saying what, yeah, what, this is interesting. So interesting. Trump thinks that uh, Putin is doing the right thing. Mm-hmm. Wow. Um, I, 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 but I would suspect his language would change somewhat after recent events, maybe from last night. Are you sure? I, I would hope so. No, I'm, I would I'm, hope I, that I, someone I, close know, to him advising him would... I don't know. I don't know. I thought that you... I, I mean, this is very confusing. So Trump thinks that Putin's invasion... Or the attack is, is legitimate. He says the the forces that have been sent a smart move. to eastern Ukraine, right. the disputed territories, yeah. is a smart move. All right. two, two quick things to, to raise. So the, I think the one question we need to all try and get answers to is whether, how long this will last. And I think that's the difference between an attack, an invasion, and an occupation. Because there are three levels of this. So you can... You can do it. You can do a strike against mm-hmm. a country, right? So you 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 send depending on what kind of missile you have, you do a strike and then you discomfit them. Then you can invade with troops, which we are seeing is possibly the second stage of what he's doing. But the question is, can he then occupy, which then makes it a prolonged conflict, right? That's a, and that's why I give you the economic numbers. Economically, yes. they will struggle to <laughs> occupy. Good. I'm I'm, I'm raising this question yeah. because I feel that that's actually the key to whether this. Because I don't even think... Not really. Because, you see, the China issue you are raising, we also know China has issues with places like Taiwan. Yes. So I don't expect China to, to say change. they are against Russia. No. So I don't expect the issue of... If you can export gas to China, I think it will keep them going for a while. Mm-hmm. So my argument is that it depends on whether Russia has the domestic appetite for a long-drawn war and whether they actually have the men and the machines to occupy... That's, Those two places yes. for tell, a long time. I'll tell you what Russia wants. Mm. Okay. What Russia wants, basically, is the ratification of the Minsk Protocols. It brings two. So, basically, 
Minsk being the capital of Belarus. Belarus. So oh, basically, yeah. what Russia wants out of this is that by the time they are done, mm. there are assurances that the autonomous states around Ukraine stay autonomous. As against being as against part of, being part of Ukraine. Why was Ukraine trying to get them to part no? Of it? You see, the the most of those are in the enclave. Mm-hmm. You understand? So. The Minsk protocols sought to set out an arrangement between Russia and Ukraine. Mm-hmm. This was brokered by France and Germany. Mm-hmm. But it, this was in 2015, but it's never been fully implemented. Okay? But the protocol was to the end. Of- and then the second part of that protocol mm-hmm. is that Ukraine remains out of NATO. Now, that is particularly mm-hmm. important. The NATO angle is particularly... You see, because the thing is, Russia does not want the enemy at its gates. And, which is the point I keep making to you. Imagine everybody around Russia is part of NATO, part of NATO by Ukraine. Yeah. Ukraine enters, Ukraine and Georgia enter NATO. That's it. That's and basically you so allowing I, I, everybody I, I, to show up. And it's important to note that, 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 that principle that exists with NATO that if you touch one, you touch all of us. And clearly that puts, mm. you know, if Ukraine joins, that means that Russia now will have to deal with. Mm. The, the entire force of that, imagine that chunk, the quantity yeah, of but the question I wanted to ask was in relation to the, the so called means thing. So, yeah. I don't, you are, you are saying there are some small states near Ukraine, mm-hmm. and Russia so, wants those states to yeah. be, I think, about states like countries, so they are like regions, regions. like which Crimea one? is so, an example. So, so, we had Crimea, so we had like South Ossetia. All uh, those ones, you know, just those entities that exist that they should be left on their own, yes, not so, to be part of Ukraine, exactly. So, they are to be autonomous and then have a federal relationship. But are they economically viable states? Well, that does not matter. Is it that if they become part of uh, Ukraine, then Western forces can use them as launch pads? Is it because of where geographically they are located? Yes, or, and like I said, it? It, it still maintains a certain... You see, it, it, it does not chip away mm. further I get you. at the Russian hegemony of the area. Let me put it that way. Because then the former USSR has been chipped away significantly. These are feather chips. I get it. Okay. And like I said, all this is, you you have to view all of this through the eyeballs of Putin. Of Putin. Okay. Uh, Who has said that one of the saddest things that ever happened was the breakup of the USSR. USSR. But he's also been rational enough to say that you cannot, you, you will be a foolish man to assume that you can put it back together. So, again, I don't want. Let's not get carried away by painting him as some emotional. You know, he's 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 emotional, yes, but he's also savvy enough. Okay, but in the end, from where I see it, it's basically about deepening his strategic death, keeping NATO far away as possible from him, so that he can continue to do what. So he let me ask a question: the If the U.S. is so, you are saying Russia is trying to get U.S. to not the US, just Europe as well. Europe to implement yeah. the Minsk protocol. Yeah. Minsk too. But does the let me just I'll try that, and read Yeah, no, but I'm saying that does, does, does the West see it as an option? Because the language the West is using mm-hmm. is that if you are you are invading somebody's country, mm-hmm. you are off limits, you will pay for it. Mm-hmm. They don't seem to be interested in although I've I've seen Western leaders go to Russia in the past two weeks. So I presumably they discussed this means thing. Mm-hmm. And presumably it was not done. 
mm-hmm. which is why Russia has done what it's doing. Yes. And it's, that's so it's, my question is, will the West use a military response or they will try and get Russia back to the table? I, I think it will be about getting Russia back to the table. They don't have appetite to go and fight no. Russia because, in, in Ukraine. Because I, I haven't had time to look at the areas that Russia is hitting in the Ukraine and the kind of damage that is being done. But there is there is the capacity to actually hit and not be hitting anything. I hope you understand the point I'm making, Bernard. Sorry, yeah. Like I'm saying, I, I would have to find time because we are, haven't had time to actually check where Russia is hitting. But there's the... There's a thing where you can say, oh, this place has been hit. But you check, yes, they have bombed. They have told you they have bombed. But they haven't really hit anything strategic. Because then, if we're actually doing an invasion, what do you hit first? You hit industry, right? Mm-hmm. So you are targeting factories. Mm-hmm. You are Basically, to cripple a country. We haven't yet seen those kind of targets being hit. According to the reporter, the gentleman we spoke to, Bobby, he says he's been, the announcement in Ukraine was that he's, they're attacking military bases. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. I would need to have a look at the data to uh, see where and where so then they're he, being attacked. To, to, to let you know what they are trying to do. To what they are trying to do. Because if they're attacking military bases, the last report I've seen says, and again, when it comes to these things, propaganda plays a great role. Ukraine says they've killed this number of people. They've shot down five planes. We haven't seen evidence of that. Yeah, Russia says they've killed eight people. We haven't seen evidence of that. that. Yeah. So by the time the the, the, the the smoke clears, not as much damage would have been done as you think, but this is more political in my estimation. Russia wants something. Russia has been cooking this up, like I said, since NATO indicated that it was willing mm. to allow Russia to enter. Ukraine to enter. Okay, yeah. Sorry, I, Ukraine I think to that, enter. that's enough for, for, yeah. for this angle. Thank you, Godfrey. Uh, we will take a shortish break and then... Actually, no, before that. So, uh, Kojo, just a quick point. Mm-hmm. I think last two weeks when I was interviewing the oil and gas people, they were saying that there's a fuel prices to keep going up because of the tensions in between Russia and Ukraine. Okay. What do you know about that in terms of the world's dependence on fossil fuels from that region and how the actions between Russia and Ukraine could influence I don't know, I mean, prices. The the, the thing about the oil prices is generally known that um, the tensions there is is also contributing to the global oil prices. But there's another thing. Mm -hmm. I'm looking at Ghana's import data Mm. and I'm comparing um, the data also from Ukraine. Mm. Ukraine does a lot of work um, when it comes to the um, metal space, mm. right? And if you look at our metal imports, hot rolled iron bars, mm. we are importing about fifty-two percent mm? from yes, fifty-two percent of that from Ukraine. Ghana, yes, we are importing fifty-two percent of hot rolled iron bars. Hot rolled, hot rolled iron bar. All these are construction and fabrication <laughs> Suddenly stuff. Suddenly you are worried. This <laughs> <laughs> is a hot road I own bar. Suddenly you are worried. Charlie? Ghana? I didn't know we had any relationship with Ukraine. We buy except... $90 million dollars worth we're, of it here. From Ukraine? Yes. Yes, and we are importing... We don't have an embassy there. We, we are importing... Are you kidding? Yeah, that's an interesting point. We yes. have an embassy there. Which means that if wow. our importers and fabricators don't have other sources like, say, Russia, China, to get their consignments into Ghana, then it means that these materials may have to go up. The prices may have to go up. So in the in the area of construction, mm-hmm. I I bind you. <laughs> I I seriously bind you. I don't know where you are going with this. Thing. That's why I, I I was explaining to you that 
we, we haven't seen any touch on industry yet. Kojo is, Kojo is being led by <laughs> by something that, that, is, that is divine. So if you look at the so there is hot road and cold road when they are treating mm. metals, right? Um, mm. Steel, iron, mm. um, for fabrication of I beams and all those things. Mm-hmm. They will heat the metal and do the the the, the form, right? Mm. That's the hot road metal sheet and bars. The cold road is where then they will grind and make it perfect a bit more. So is it like a raw material we use to do? It's things? a raw material for construction. It's uh-huh. a raw material for so 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 some of, of the things. the companies that supply building materials may import that yeah, and so then reuse it to we do. We get hot road iron from Ukraine. We get cold road. When it comes to cold road, thirty nine percent is from China. Thirty three percent is from Ukraine. Mm. So when it comes to the metal space. Wow. At least, if you are looking at 2018 data, 2017 data, 2019 data, 2020, we've not seen final data for 2021. So it's not alone. even the oil and gas so alone. So it's not, it's not the oil. Alone. It's not, it's not the oil. No, not the, the oil is an issue. I, I'm talking about the other direct thing we take from there. Yeah, because the oil because has to do with... you don't import oil directly from Ukraine, I'm just you saying. You know what I'm yeah. saying? The oil issue is not about Ghana direct, it's about yeah. the price. Yes. Because once a major supplier has a disruption... Mm-hmm the price moves up yeah as it has already started so we are we will we'll suffer from the price which we're already suffering yeah so if you're now adding this hot uh spring <laughs> roll so so i wonder how dude, so they take it by sea eh? but yeah. look at where ukraine is Charlie, but life is funny so we we need so some of the steel we use here we have to get the by Ukraine. Is there even a direct sea between Ghana and Ukraine? Maybe. <laughs> but you do realize that you see, if if your needs determine your posture on this, one of the earliest countries to speak against this was Kenya. Mm-hmm. I think when everybody was dilly dallying around what Russia was doing, it was the Kenyan ambassador to the UN ambassador Kimani who issued the strongest worded statement I think any government has seen. What did they say? Be- well, he condemned it outright. Because what's the dependence? What? Well, how does grain? They import or they a lot of grain. Kenya imports a lot of its grain yes. from Ukraine. They, they do that. They have food. Ah, uh, because Kenya is East Africa. Yes. So it's it's easier than from yes. the West. You know, in the days of the Soviet Union, mm-hmm. Ukraine was called the Soviet Union's bread basket. Is it? Yes. So they produce a lot of yes, especially but grain. In mm. a lot of the bread the Soviet Union consumed came from Ukraine. In 2019, Ukraine was the world's biggest exporter of seed oils, $3.75 billion. Their top exports in 2019, corn, $4.7 billion, seed oils, $3.75 billion, iron ore. Your, 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 your rule. Yes. <laughs> Let's see. If you want to buy diamond cement, deal with the company directly. Call 0244-313-368. Diamond cement, still as hard as a diamond. And if you're looking for litigation-free land for your project, uh, go to Edlom Housing. The village's three homes are at Amrahiam, and they offer you an elegant view of the Equipim Ridge. They're contemporary but super affordable apartments with a starting price of $35,000 only. The avant-garde homes located in Ajingano are luxurious and spacious apartments that are reasonably priced. For more info, call 0270-166-166 or go to edlomhousing.com. Edlom Housing, where spacious homes Homes cost less. When it started, you and I were not there. Why don't we bury down?
Alright, some uh, comments people are commenting on uh, Russia, Ukraine. Osei Ahinko Fodro from Fiapre in Sunyani says, The USA and NATO are the causative agents of all this happening in Ukraine. Putin only wants security assurance that Ukraine will not join NATO. And I think it's only fair, as, uh, as the Malta Treaty outlined after the Cold War, for world peace, NATO should stop expanding eastwards. Imagine Russia set, setting military bases in Mexicali, Chihuahua, Sonora, or even Cuba. Interesting mm-hmm. message there. Mm-hmm. Uh, this one, um, okay, this, uh, I was trying to find the... Oh, where did this Russia message? Well, I'm told that Africa's three reps on the UN Security Council, Kenya, Gabon, and Ghana, have criticized Russia's recognition of Donetsk and Luhansk. <laughs> yeah. All right, okay, Bernard. Somebody's uh, Kofi from Ashaiman says the main question should be why should NATO be in existence in this era? Mm. So that is, <laughs> that is Kofi's thing there. This one says currently. Um, uh, Okay, the West did. Um, the West also did some by making Kosovo independent from Serbia. From my view, uh, Russia's problem will be Ukraine trying to host the EU and NATO on its soil. How can you house my enemies on my doorsteps, Elvis in Tema? And he adds that currently Russia has success in developing a hypersonic missile that can hit any target. The USA is not yet successful on that front. Hmm. Right, final one says Bernard. How? Uh, you say, who would have thought in the 21st century such an invasion would take place? Well, since World War II, the Western allies have invaded many countries. Mm. Korea, Vietnam, Iraq, Libya, Afghanistan, and so many others. And they even tried to destabilize Hong Kong. What Russia may be doing is, what Russia is doing may not be acceptable, but the Western allies should be the last to complain. Mm. <laughs> but how does that benefit us? Ah, well. I'm not here in a equalizing game. Yeah. We are, we are yeah, importing steel and things yeah. from people. There are some UTAC comments, though. Yes, let's get there. This one says, just a couple of questions on the UTAC matter. Mm-hmm. Can members of UTAC decide not to respect the court's decision? Has a superior court overturned the high court decision that the necessary conditions for negotiation should be created? Hmm. That's a question. Imano from Hachu says, UTAC should be wary of government antics when it comes to negotiations. They should take a cue from the GMA. Government is yet to fulfill its obligations to the GMA. UTAG is at risk of suffering the same fate should they call off the strike without a signed and sealed agreement. And John, the Uber driver, says, I'm a master's student at the University of Ghana and I've given up on school for this academic year. Our lecturers should just go and fight for what is duly theirs. I think the government hasn't done enough to prove that they are willing to make something happen. I only pity the freshers. Oh, Charlie. Oh, Charlie. You are fresh. I've been in school for six weeks. No lecture. Yeah. Nanakumi, Nanakumi, a concerned parent says, Can you ask UTAG if, when they are going for strikes, they vote on campus basis for approval before going? That's yes. Nanakumi's question. I think they do. They do. I think they do. They do. They do. They that do. is standard. Mm-hmm. They do. They do. So the UTAG neck then says that following, that's why during the initial days there were letters from various campuses. Yes. yes. So the UW will say, We voted to do strike. So actually, they do. They do. Hmm. Well, we'll talk about AstraZeneca. I guess the first COVID vaccines we took were from AZ, right? Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah, so... It, but in Ghana, which other ones have we had? We've had um, the Johnson & Johnson one shot. Okay. Some people... But we don't have Moderna? Get that one. 
No. So it's mostly AstraZeneca yeah. first yeah. and then Johnson and Johnson. Yeah, had. We haven't done Moderna in Ghana. J and J is also J and J is the main one. I see. We're going to AstraZeneca shortly. But uh, I think Lucky Dubey summarizes the situation pretty nicely. Well, let me just give you a quick update. The president of Ukraine has just spoken like the past mm. few seconds. Mm. Uh, Zelensky mm-hmm. officially uh, severed ties with Russia mm-hmm. and says everyone who can help defend Ukraine should report. Mm. Uh, military service members have already taken on the first blow. Mm-hmm. Uh, people should protect city squares. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, has he declared martial law yet? Because I the, the, there's an interview I've seen which suggests so. But whatever. Clearly, the state of emergency is still on, on course. We just hope that this gets resolved as quickly as possible. Yeah, hopefully. By the way, I'm told the Champions League final may be moved from... Because it's supposed to be played in St. Petersburg. Yeah. Yeah, and I don't think they'll, they'll do that anymore. I don't think they'll do that anymore. No, no, but that's not the point. I, I think that once two nations are at war, of course they you don't want to send... They'll, they'll move it. I think yeah, they'll, they'll so it's... It. I don't know. Hmm. So much to talk about. UTAG, Parliament. We didn't even talk about Parliament, but when I come back, I'll do this ACE interview. This whole Parliament situation is also very frustrating. I think you let Duke escape. We'll see. We'll be right back, City. Breakfast show. Stay with us. Unleashing the power of relevant radio. This is City 97.3. Jezero! This is the City Breakfast Show, the city's biggest conversation. Unleashing the power of Railroad Radio. This is City 97.3. Timahana's on the block here. One, two, three, now. I just wanna let you know that I didn't wanna let you go. Cause your love is so beautiful and irreplaceable. Even though I know you hate me now, why? Because I broke your heart. I made you feel like you my baby, you my only one. I'm sorry that I made you cry. Never ever let you tell no lie. Then I reflect that I will lose you to another guy. Feeling was so strong, even though that I was wrong. The look in your eyes always gonna turn me on. All right, a few quick requests coming through for the second bit. Happy birthday to a very special brother-in-law, Muktamadi. We want you to know how much you are loved and appreciated. From Fatima, Kamal Dean, your kids, and the entire Madi family. Mukta. Mukta was my mate in primary school. Primary? Yeah, wow. primary and GSS. He went to Motown. But we met in Legon again in the same oh. department. Yes, he was doing computer science and maths. Yeah, Mukta, happy birthday to you. Saw him a couple of days ago. So Fatih is wishing you a happy birthday. A lot of your friends also joining that uh, celebration. 
And another quick one coming into a coffer this year. Bigger and better financial doors are opening onto you. You are you will increase greatly on every side. And many who despise you will start looking up to you. Nations will seek your wisdom and the world will celebrate you because of your greatness. From the 25 to 34 age group to Caroline Akofa Boating of CBG. Happy birthday to Martha Kwashi, Sexy Matata, and Elizabeth Pokoware, B. Lizzy, <laughs> from the entire 1986 year group of Wesley girls, onwards and upwards, coming in from Bridget, Sexy Matata, and B. Lizzy. <laughs> Alright, so let me talk to the uh, Africa head of AstraZeneca. We all remember AstraZeneca during the COVID era, indeed a couple, a year ago by now we're talking about the vaccines that they managed to get and um, well they have some new things they are doing in the non-communicable disease space in Ghana, I'll be talking about that too how serious are NCDs in Africa, what is their impact, how do they impact Ghana, well listeners for those of you who don't know, so we have two kinds of diseases so typically communicable disease COVID is a communicable disease, cholera is a communicable disease, disease is spread through air transmission but the others like all these uh, lifestyle diseases are called non-communicable diseases and um, they are also very important because they affect mortality quite highly so AstraZeneca is championing focus not just on communicables but on NCDs and Barbara Nell is the Africa head of AstraZeneca she's joined me to have a chat on this Barbara good morning thanks for joining us on CTFM in Ghana. Good morning, and it's um, good to be back. Great. Thank you for having me. Great to have you. So, NCDs, what is their impact? How are they impacting Africa? What's the situation in Ghana? Yeah, so if, if we look at non-communicable diseases, um, we see that they are steadily increasing in prevalence in Africa, and we know that they are predicted to actually overtake communicable diseases, such as, for instance, what you mentioned earlier. So your communicable diseases will be things such as COVID, essentially something that you can catch from somebody else. And we are expecting the non-communicable diseases, such as asthma, such as diabetes, such as hypertension, and many more, um, to overtake the communicable diseases by 2030. Um, and we also, we have already seen in other parts of the world, and we are also seeing in Africa, um, that they are becoming a leading cause of death worldwide. Um, if we look, if we take, for instance, something like asthma, and if we look at asthma in Africa, we know about 40 million people in, um, in Africa suffer from asthma. Um, and here in Ghana, we know that around 2 million people are living with asthma. This is, um, you know, by the um, Ghana Thoracic Society. So it really is a big problem. It's not always a problem that gets the same level of airtime as we see with the communicable diseases, because often the communicable diseases, because they are transmissible, it's more, it, it's more in the press. It, it gets talked about more. But it is really critical that we put the non-communicable diseases fairly and squarely on the map as well and ensure that our listeners and that the communities are aware of the seriousness of these diseases. Mm. But I didn't know that AstraZeneca was uh, that active in the NCD space. So how long has AstraZeneca been 
operating in the NCD space and what has been the impact so far in the Africa region? Yeah, so um, it's interesting, and I think this is a, a great example, actually, of how the non the communicable diseases are often the, the one that's really front and center. So we've been present and working in Africa in non-communicable diseases for more than 30 years. So we've been a, you know, a sustainable healthcare partner, working with governments, working with our societies, our hypertension societies, our thoracic, the respiratory societies, the oncology societies across many countries in Africa and also here in Ghana for several decades. Mm, I see. And in Ghana specifically, how is AstraZeneca addressing these NCDs? What specifically are you doing? Yeah, so we've, um, we've got a couple of key projects uh, that we are working on. The first one, um, to maybe tell our listeners a little bit more about today, is our Africa Pumua initiative. So Pumua is a Swahili word for to breathe. Um, and um, Ghana is one of several countries um, where we are working on the Africa for More initiative, and it's really about redefining asthma care. So we're working in partnership with the Ministry of Health, our healthcare professionals, our society. So here in Ghana, the Ghana Thoracic Society, as well as Ghana Health Services, and also our big um, teaching hospitals here in Ghana. And we are focusing on both pediatric and adult asthma across the public and the private sector. And we're really looking at how we are strengthening the health systems, how we are driving awareness, how we are building capacity. So, for instance, over the last um, couple of months, um, probably the last 6 to 12 months, um, AstraZeneca, in collaboration with, uh, with GTS and with Ghana Health Services, we've built um, and we've donated 300 nebulization stations. So nebulization is one of the methods that you can use to treat a patient when they're suffering from a very severe asthma attack. So, for instance, if somebody can't breathe and, they, and they, they're really struggling to breathe and they've been brought to hospital, then they can use nebulization to alleviate this asthma attack. And I myself, um, um, we've obviously been here in Accra where I am this week. We've um, we've We've been involved with the, with the big teaching hospitals and some of the smaller hospitals here, but I also traveled with the team up to Tamale. We went to Narongo. We were in Bolgatanga. We went all the way up to Paga um, to engage with the hospitals and with the clinicians um, and to ensure that, you know, the correct management and the correct use of these nebulization stations are being done. So this is one example of how we are doing capacity building Another project that we are working on is called Healthy Heart Africa, which is all about finding our hypertensive patients, so people with high blood pressure. And essentially, it's a screening program where we go into communities. We're working with a partner called PAT here in Ghana. Um, And so far, we know that in Ghana, we have screened many individuals. More than one million people have been screened. And we have, through that screening program, diagnosed just shy of 50,000 people who didn't, before they were screened, knew that they had hypertension. So these are some of the examples of the work that we are currently doing in the non-communicable diseases space. Mm. Brilliant. So what about COVID? What impact has it had on the management of um, these non-communicable diseases and on the healthcare provision in Africa generally? Very, very early phases of um, of COVID, we definitely saw that people were a little bit um, shy and almost scared to go to hospital. 
in a way, the one good thing, as, as horrible and as terrible as COVID has been, the one good thing that has that we've really seen because of COVID is that people have taken more care with their health. So there's definitely a heightened level of awareness around things such as hypertension, asthma, diabetes, because as we all know, these are also, if you have these diseases, then sometimes your outcome, if you get COVID, can be worse. So if anything, we have definitely seen that people are taking more care um, and are more open to messages around health and to take care if they are diabetic, if they are hypertensive, if they do suffer from asthma, to ensure that they keep their hypertension, their diabetes, and their asthma under control. Um, so if it's well controlled, then if they do contract COVID, we know that they have a better chance um, of getting through both the communicable disease that they, they contracted COVID, as well as also taking care of mm. the non-communicable disease. Mm. So I noticed the Pumwa and the other project deal a lot with the asthmas and things like this. What about heart disease, diabetes, and the others? What's your advice, people, in terms of prevention and protection against these ones as well? So many of these non-communicable diseases, as you said earlier, um, has a lot to do with um, lifestyle. Um, yes, we do know very often there are hereditary um, elements to it as well. So, you know, sometimes it's genes that can get passed on from a mom or a dad to a child. But very often it has to do with lifestyle. So it is really, it's going back to basics. It's about a healthy diet. It's about regular exercise. It's about reducing things such as stressful situations um, where sometimes the body would excrete certain chemicals that can also further aggravate some of these non-communicable um, diseases. So I think it's those things that we really need to focus on. Um, to, you know, from a, from a, a heart condition and even for hypertension um, to ensure that we can get on top of those um, non-communicable okay. diseases. All right, Barbara, there's been discussions at very many levels about local manufacturing of vaccines. I know that the AU Summit and the AU-EU Summit made some comments on this. In Ghana, there's the National Vaccine Institute, which has been set up. Is your company playing any role in any of these, any discussions to help local manufacturers, for example, of COVID vaccines? So we continue to discuss um, both on the non-communicable diseases as well as COVID level with the ministries of health as well as the societies. After Zeneca, we were very clear when we first set up our supply chain for our AstraZeneca vaccine that we um, created a supply chain with 20 partners globally. Um, and probably the biggest supplier of vaccines globally, the Serum Institute of India, that is, um, uh, you know, they're from India, and that they will provide um, the biggest bulk of the vaccine flowing into Africa. And the key reason why we did that, it was all because of speed. Um, we felt because of the, the, the level of the public health crisis around COVID that we had to work with established vaccine manufacturers to ensure that we can get the shots made and the shots into arms as soon as possible. And we've seen that here in Ghana as well. You know, two-thirds of the vaccines, nearly 8 million vaccines that have been received out of the 12 million here in Ghana are AstraZeneca vaccines. What I do think is very important is that, you know, we continue to engage with the government. And I think what is really good from when I was last on the show um, a, a good couple of months ago is to see the diversification that we have seen in countries like Ghana 
in terms of the supply of vaccines. Because we've always said the fight against COVID is not a one vaccine race. We need to ensure that we have multiple suppliers that are providing the continent of Africa. All right, a final couple of points. You know there have been questions about quality and life cycle of the some of the COVID vaccines that are sent to Africa and distributed mm-hmm. on the continent. What's, what's, the, what's happening? Is it that there isn't a proper cold chain? Is it that people are cynically giving us substandard vaccines? What's, the re- what's, what's your take on all of that? So because of the way that we've set up our supply chain, we can say with 100% clarity to all the listeners today that the AstraZeneca vaccine, whether it is Shield that was produced by the Serum Institute of India, or whether it's Vaxzevria that comes out of one of our other supply chains, these vaccines are all equivalent. There is a thousand-page book that essentially contains the recipe. And each and every supply chain, each and every factory where these vaccines get made, need to subscribe to the same level of quality control um, for the vaccine. So, if anything, we know that the vaccine that we are receiving here in Africa is of exactly the same equivalent in terms of its efficacy, as well as how it has been produced to any of the other vaccines that people can receive, be it in Latin America, in Europe, in Asia, exactly equivalent. Finally, what's your your COVID outlook from the AZ perspective? Um, There isn't as much airtime given to COVID-19 this, I mean, we are in February, right? Two years ago, by now, we're about to be hit by a bomb. <laughs> Where <laughs> by March, everybody was talking about COVID nineteen. So, what's the? I, I what is the? Is there like an end date in in your head? What projections are you working with? Being an important uh, vaccine manufacturing company. So I think you know, for all of us, COVID has been quite personal. So if I think um, of myself, if I think of the AstraZeneca team here in the African cluster. If I think of AstraZeneca globally, I think, you know, 2020 was about crisis control across the board. 2021 was about coping with COVID. And I think 2022 is going to be about living with COVID. So we need to remain committed in Africa to ensure that we get as many as possible first doses into arms, second doses into arms, so that what is already a very good vaccination rate here in Ghana of more than 20%, that we get that closer to that 70% that the WHO is um, subscribing to. And we have definitely seen, to a certain extent, you know, a normalization in daily life, in, in how we work, in how we engage with the healthcare professionals, with ministries of health, but there is still much to do. So, if anything, we need to continue to drive the awareness and the importance of the vaccination. It is still our best way out of the pandemic. And as AstraZeneca, we've been in Africa for 30 years. We will continue to be a key trusted healthcare partner um, for the Ministries of Health, for the Ghana Health Services, for the Ministry of Health here in Ghana. And we will continue to work to ensure that we, we get to the right level of vaccination so that our population is safe and protected. All right. Thank you, Barbara Nell. She's the Africa head of AstraZeneca speaking to us about their new work in the non-communicable disease space. Their programs in Ghana in dealing with things like asthma and also collaborating to produce vaccines. Thank you for talking to us. Flip the music. Jackie. And it goes like. My mind 
time when I think of you, I don't know. I I I feel loved again. I don't want to wait for days. Let me have you in my arms again, please. When they all said I can't have you, I proved them wrong. I came for. Well, so that's all we have time for for today. It's been kind of a roller coaster show today, talking about Parliament a bit, talking about UTAG, and spending a lot of time discussing Ukraine as well to the Nukes president for Ukraine. Philip Bobianza. Alright, so that's all we will do for today. Hopefully we'll be with you again tomorrow. 